Hey, everybody. Hey, what's up? I'm Steve Lemmy. I'm Kevin Heffernan. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. We got a great guest this week. We do. Great guest this week. We do. What's fun about it is it's someone we didn't know. Like, usually we have friends or people. This is, we get to meet a new person and make a new friend. Do you think she'll be your best friend by the end of this? Maybe. And she could be everyone's best friend because her name's Allison Rosen. And she's got, a, like, a super popular podcast, right? It's called Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's and She hosts that podcast. Huge. She's got, got millions like, of downloads. Yeah. 18 million downloads. And she was kind enough to come talk to us. She did. She's a big fish. She's a real big fish. And uh, she came. We had some laughs. You're going to hear it. Yeah, you're going to love it. We talked about all kinds of stuff. We got, yeah. We, we talked about uh, emotional things. Yeah. We, we got down and dirty. Talked about life. We talked about life, love, sex. Yeah. It's a great episode. It's good. This episode. Um, so, but if you were gonna if you were gonna uh, uh, search for her podcast, uh, she's on iTunes, right? Allison Rosen is your new best friend. So go, go listen to her podcast. She's great. Yeah, she's great on this episode. You'll hear. You'll hear. Okay. And this episode, yeah, is brought to you what by Squarespace. Wow. Okay. Do you know what Squarespace is, Kevin? No, tell me what it is. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Huh. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code CHEWIN, C-H-E-W-I-N, to get 10% off. Huh. You know, because the weird thing is to me, Lemmy. Tell me. You know what the weird thing is? Tell me. I feel like building a website is a pretty tough thing. I'm going I'm to step in here and say this is how you got in trouble last time. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to deliver all the material to me well, one line saying, at a time. I'm just saying, I mean, even if you uh, know your way around coding and creating something that looks good, it's a time-consuming affair, you know? You got to make a business site like for a restaurant or whatever it is. You probably need one, right? Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build websites <laughs> without breaking a sweat. Yeah. It provides simple, powerful, beautiful website templates for you to work with. Not only that, but those templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your website scales to look great on any device. Because they got all kinds of devices they look at them today, right? You got your, uh, your, your smartphone, your tablet, right? Yeah. Apparently, this thing switches to whatever device you're on, right? Further minimizing the hassles of making a website on your own. Every website you build also comes with a free online store. If you want to sell some moich. Some merchandise. So some uh, You just need something minimalistic but powerful. Cover page feature also allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in minutes. Pretty good, Kev. Thank you. Pretty good. I was worried for you. Thank you. I think you have a tough time saying the word Squarespace. You already fucked it up. What do you mean? Did you, I? The first, time, the first one you said. You Squarespace. It, yeah. it was close. I slurred through it, though. Yeah. I got through it. But seriously, though, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace does give you... 24-7 online support, which is, uh, you know, unheard of. Mm-hmm. And a beautiful website for only 8 bucks a How month. How much? 8 bucks. How much? 8 doll hairs. That's pretty good. A month. That's pretty good. And you can actually even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So, you know, what, what are you, you waiting, waiting for? for? Start a trial with no credit card required. No credit card? I question your reading of this. I question your reading of this What are you talking about? I think that's incredible. Start no building card? your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CHEWIN, C-H-E-W-I-N, because that's how we know that you came through us. C-H-E-W-I-N. Right, that's how the world knows. Yeah. Then you get 10% off your first purchase. First purchase. Right. And to show your support for our podcast. So, 
Thank you, Square Pace. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. It's so, a doozy. Thank you, Squarespace. We better do it all over here. For you. your support of chewing it. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Say say Squarespace ten times fast. Squarespace, 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 Squarespace. Wow. Oh. Dot com. Nice one. Squarespace. All right. Okay. That's it for the business. Let's get on to the episode. Allison Rosen. Enjoy the chew, everybody. Enjoy. Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast straight. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. I That's happened to me a bunch of times. Car pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> I did it to somebody and I saw them look and then not answer it. I was like, okay. <laughs> but sometimes I think that people are doing that to me on purpose. Like if I get a call from somebody and I'm like, I, I'm not going to answer this right now. And I'm yeah. like, they're looking at, they're watching me. Mm-hmm. And then I have to look around and see if they really are watching me. I do that sometimes too. Like I, I've made myself paranoid. Right. By my, uh, what would you say it as being manipulative or like uh, no. uh, being. Discerning, I call it. Discern. No, no, I mean, but I mean the first part, like calling people to see what they do. Oh, what you're doing. What Devious. I'm doing. Devious, Maybe. suspicious, suspicious. Yeah. paranoid. Yeah. Paranoid. And as a result, now, like when phones ring, sometimes I will. Like, look around. If I'm in a public place, I'll just make sure. <laughs> I've had shit, though, where people, where, I, where people have called me and I haven't answered the phone, and then they knock on the front door. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they call the home phone to see if they can drop by, and then you don't answer, then they drop by anyway. Yeah. And then you look like an asshole. Yeah. Speaking what do you have to say? Suspicious. Have we started? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, know what? you nerdist. Pa- I just, well, first of all, I'm not even on the mic. I'm not wearing my headphones. I'm fucking around on my phone. But that's good, right? Isn't that good? It's like cinema verite. I just gave, I just did someone else's podcast who's on Nerdist, and I gave him a ration of shit for this thing. And I was like, is this a Nerdist-wide policy? Well, no. Is it, is it hardwood trickle down? No, Who you know started what? this whole thing of, don't like, know. don't let people know? Because you are dealing with performers who actually are able to string words together i'm not one of them clearly because yeah, now he, i've lost my ability but, but what, the saying, thing is what they, the people want to see people i feel like like people listen to podcasts a lot because they want to hear behind the scenes a little bit they, they want, want to hear someone depth. texting maybe. <laughs> someone texting yeah. and semi paying attention maybe yeah, yeah. But, all right but also like what we have found with our podcast first of all i'm going to blame it on pete holmes anyway if you want me to put a, a name on the person who started it is this whole true thing. Pete I do, is the guy he's who, the poster child for this kind of yeah yeah bullshit but like one time we we recorded a podcast here and then pete was coming in and he sat down and his guest was sinbad <laughs> and sinbad walked in and kevin and i intercepted him <laughs> On the way. Now, Pete, had, like, the, the thing was rolling. Like, he was recording, and we were downstairs just, like, shooting the shit with Sinbad. And Pete stepped out of the booth and looked at us and got very mad at us. And, like, he was <laughs> noticeably stressed out. Yeah. And so, but... But Pete does that. Like, the first time I did his podcast, I walked into that room downstairs, and I was like, hey, Pete. And he was like, he held, held his finger up. He mm. said, don't talk. And I was like, but I did that. He goes, he wants all the pregame bullshit on right. the microphone. So it's like, if you're going to be on Pete's podcast at 2 o'clock... You're actually on from one thirty the night right. before. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And he also does that thing. Let's talk about Pete. He also does that thing <laughs> where he's like, "No talking ahead of time. No talking ahead of time. That's Save right. it for air." Sifta. Whereas I'm Sifta. like, "That's Todd Glass, right? Yeah. Save it for the air. Yeah. 
Well, that's what we, you know, we, we have a lot of friends on the show. And so what happens is they walk in here and we're not recording. And then we start saying, hey, what's been going on? And and actually, what we're talking about is stuff that might be interesting, and we start telling like naughty stories Ooh. and like you know right. things like of that right. nature. Like, so I was being fisted last night. Oh wait, yeah, wait the mics aren't boom. on yet. Yeah, yeah. Wait, save it for the air. But you yeah. know what? I will often go back and you know I'll say, Katie, knock out the first like two minutes of that. Right, because it wasn't bullshit. good. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I would tend to disagree because I like the cinema verite. See, aspect. this is the give and take. Yeah, that's, actually, this is our routine right here. I love it's it. Our it's our I love it. So this is this is all scripted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's right but here. But it's so effortless. I know, really. It's really... We're getting it's, good at it. It's yeah. our second nature. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll disagree a little bit. Yeah, we'll I'll, fight a little bit. You can get in on it. It's a bickering thing. If, when he points at you like that, I'll call him out on it. Like I'll, go okay. like, I'll go like this. Yeah. Allison Rosen. Yes, he stopped. I'll do like that. Yeah. And then point. Yeah, I yeah. really felt I came when you when you wagged your finger at me. I came alive and I was right. ready to debate. See? Yeah. And like if I were a producer for an HLN show... Okay. I just realized there's a dog in here. I'm super into that. Okay. Um, I okay. Would, I would be like, we do that too. We're at home. Yeah. Go. A producer actually said to me, and I shouldn't even name the network, but who cares? He said, find the heat. Mm-hmm. The thing with the story is you want to find the heat. <laughs> I can point. What does that mean? I can tell you where the heat is in this room. Yeah. Where? Where? It's well, you know, it's, it's coming off it's your somewhere. Wagon. It's somewhere around here. Your Latin blood? Is no, that, no. From? I think there's a lot of versions. There's a lot of forms of heat in this room. Oh, I guess that's true. Like, like my sweaty palms, there's your Latin heat, blood, some, some and breath. Allison's beauty. Oh, thank you. There yeah. you go. Boom. Yeah. Um, is, what's find the heat? What does that he mean? He meant find the find where we can have like a screaming match on air. Ah. Find, so that's what I'm saying. Like when you're wagging your finger at me, and then you're. Look, I'm just saying you because I've okay, Steve, Steve, Kevin, Steve, Kevin, yeah. right. right, Kevin. When you're wagging your finger yeah. at me, Steve, when you're calling him out, and when I'm just getting enraged, that's some real heat. I think that's yeah. when people are tuning in. Shit gets real <laughs> to this podcast. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean you can see the downloads, yeah, you know, increasing right, the download meter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say we we haven't chewed yet, nor oh, have yeah. we introduced our guests. So our podcast is called Chewing It, right? So at the he- top of this thing, we like to chew with our guests. And then we like to introduce our guests. What do we chew? Well, that's, that's really the yeah. question. That that's is really the issue. Yeah. I see. Right. You see? So yeah. we, we will chew and then mm, like this. Mm, pretty good. But some you people can, hate this You can noise. join. You can join. You join in. Oh, I know. Yeah. Listeners are undoubtedly. They're crazy. putting back. They're, they're uploading what right. they just downloaded. Like I really love your podcast. Except for that chewing stuff. Yeah. People can't stand, they can't stand that. that. But I feel like but it's I like real that you chewing. Guys stick to it. It's oh, yeah. real chewing. They don't like. <laughs> right. Yeah. But a lot of people have, have tweeted in that they oh, don't yeah. like the they lip don't smacking. Like mouth noises. God, yeah. They don't. They don't. But you know, like we say to everybody, well then unfollow or unsubscribe if the chewing is that offensive. You sons of bitches. Yeah. Nah, we don't. Go that. fuck yourself. That's what we say. <laughs> By the way, I would like to point out that Allison yeah. uh, was kind enough to make the first fist fucking joke of the uh, of the oh, that's true. of the day. That's true. Yeah. Do we have a quota? No, but I'm just saying, like the the gates, the the ice is broken. I broke the seal. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. that's what I meant. The seal is broken. So the fifth yeah. fucking joke. She she got to chew solo now, though. Oh yeah, solo. Will you, will you please chew solo. Oh, is it just the girls now? Yeah, no, it's just the guest. Oh, just the guest. There you go. There you go. What are you eating? This is where you have to figure it out. My tongue. Okay. Um, Tongue chewing. Okay. Oh, oh, would it be better if I had some sort of like an English trifle or something? Yeah, yeah. that's a great. That's what I'm that's chewing. Classic. English yeah, trifle. Yeah, I can taste the, the liqueur inside. Oh, no okay. one's ever chewed an English trifle. We've I, never, we've I, it's so refined. <laughs> it's so refined. Yeah. Are you British? No, no. I just, but my palate is. Okay. Yeah, she's a, a British quite palate. An eclectic palate. Okay. So you like spotted dick and things like that? Mm, spotted spotted yeah. dick. You know what spotted yeah, dick is? Yeah, yeah. What is that? Like a sausage and an egg? No, no. It's, uh, it's a custard. It's or it's like a cakey, oh. cakey custard. 
That sounds good. It's cakeish custard. It's a cake stirred. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been. I'm not a gourmand, despite my eclectic okay. palate. Not a foodie. But well, I'm not someone who is super advanced with cooking or anything, okay, but I either. have been experimenting with trying to make custard lately. Oh, really? Why? What's the attraction? Um, it's delicious. Yes. Is it, though? It's fucking... I'm doing this... I I don't like to lead with this. Yeah. For to lead with the fu- fucking jokes. Okay. okay. I'm doing a whole low-carb thing. Okay. Um, And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is custard, basically, and can that be made... Pudding, right? I mean, I know what it is, but like, what is it that makes the custardy consistency? Oh, right. And yes, that's the thing. And can it be made without any sugar? So basically, I've just been experimenting with putting egg and either water, or egg and almond milk and artificial sweetener in the oven, and it comes out. It, and it comes out cinnamon. okay. It comes out very custardy. Okay, you don't. You're not selling it though. I don't think yeah. you're selling it. And that sounds to me like there's uh, not a lot of like organization there. Like you're, you know. You're just trying <laughs> some egg and some, you know. That's how some of the best cooks got their start. That's Is true, that right? That's oh, probably. You see, that, that's the moment where that's Allison true. and I stopped getting, like, right. that was the, that's the tension. The oh, heat. there's the heat. Here's yeah. the heat. We Boom. found it. Yeah. It's also the plot of Ratatouille, right? Is it? I don't I know. Custard, how to I've, make custard. I've only watched it once. Is it, is oh, it custard? No. I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. It's about a chef, though. But, but Who's a rat. Yeah, who's a rat. Right. It's kind of gross, but whatever. Yeah. It is gross. Well, yeah. in France, though, right? And it's French. So yeah, well, that's the thing. The I think all the rats oh, the French. do all the cooking <laughs> in France. Uh, let me introduce our guest, ladies and gentlemen. Do it. Joining the podcast. Yeah. Allison Rosen. Yay! She's a podcaster. She's a writer. She's a comic. She's a TV personality. She's a musician. Mm, Would yeah. you say that? Well, I I played in a band. Okay, a long that time makes ago. you a musician. Yes, that makes you a musician. Yes, journalist. Okay. Would you say journalist? Journalist. I would, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that's it. We gave you a whole list of things. There. Thank you so much. What, have we right. forgotten anything? Um, gourmand, fist fucker, gourmand, yeah. right. custard cooker. <laughs> you are a custard cooker. <laughs> no, I I feel like you got all of it. We did. That is me. Okay, we I mean, got you in a nutshell. Done. Yeah. All right. See you later. Okay, thank Thanks. you so much for introducing Good me. Thanks for coming. This was great. Good but it's show. funny because this is like, we usually have our friends or people that we know on our podcast. Mm. We've never met before. No. You, this is exciting. Is this the first time you've had a complete stranger? Who um, dropped um, No, we've had, we've had a few, like maybe two complete strangers. Who's, who was a complete stranger? Uh, the guys from uh, uh, the Berninger Brothers. Oh, sure. From the National. From the National. And, the band, um, the National. Sure, the I'm a musician, I know. She knows. Okay. And, yeah. uh, They're cool. But I don't. I think that might be it. You might be. Otherwise, you might be. That's it. Might be it. Um, You're breaking new ground. How did I? I mean, to go really behind the scenes. How did I even get here? Because we were going over people that we wanted to have, and Katie said, "You're an awesome guest." Oh, I hope and I we live were up like, to that. Awesome. Let's get let's get around here. Right. So far, you've been awesome. We also. I feel, I feel like I'm really knocking it out of the park right now. You're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But we yeah. also tend to like. Uh, we don't have enough women, I feel like, on our podcast. Mm. We end up having a lot of dudes. Who are the women you've had before? Uh, we've Kevin had, has uh, had everybody. <laughs> Kevin woman. has had everybody. Uh, most of the people who've done movies with us. Like okay. We, Kobe Smulders. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany Daniel. Brittany Daniel. Jillian Vigman. Jillian Vigman. Um, Carrie Clifford. She's a comic. I don't know if you know Carrie Clifford. I do not, but I like her um, name. Yeah, she's Cliffy. great. Cliffy, Carrie Clifford, uh, April Bowlby, um, I don't know actresses. We've had more. We've had more. Yeah, uh, we've had Candace Smith. Candace Smith, right? We had uh, we had uh, Pamela Horton. Pam Horton, right? Um, Sounds like you've had a lot of women, actually. We have, but like this is our like 120th episode or something oh, like that. I see. And so I'd say we've had maybe 15 women out of that. Katie, how am I doing in comparison with all the other guests? The best. 
Thank you. Woo. I think she's nailing it. I mean, you, you walked in, talked about fist fucking, mm-hmm. then you accepted my spotted dick comment with a smile, and then we're talking about your homemade custard and we found the heat. Right. right. That's a lot for the first 10 minutes. I it's know. It's pretty good. And then I also, I made a list of things to talk to you about. Like, wow, about you guys are you. so prepared. Right? Mm. You know, I think in a way, our paths crossed many, many years ago. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Um, I worked at Time Out New York. Okay. We were doing an, a a stoner issue. Yeah. Okay. I did not interview we you guys. We would fall into that. But I, I think guess. that, do you remember if you were interviewed for that issue? You might not remember I'm it. I'm sure we were. We yeah. tend to get a lot of the stoner calls. Right. Um, but I, 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 even though we don't smoke pot. Yeah. I think I remember being interviewed for Time Out New York. I wonder yeah. who did the story. I don't know. It's weird that I have such a strong memory of it. I feel like a few times in my journalist days, our past like, almost yeah, crossed. Yeah, because I... Like, Unless we also, they actually did, and I actually did interview you, and I just don't remember. I, we I, did the Corolla podcast, too, within the last... Like, how? what years were you there? Um, I was there from 2000... Beginning of 2011 to end of 2014. But okay. I think that it was – there were a few days that I missed, and I think okay. it was a day that I missed. Okay. Unless you did it this year, in which case no, I've missed all of this year. we did it like year. 2012. Yeah. We did like – I think Jay and I did – we did it um, for the Baby Makers movie. We did promotion on that. It's that – because it was uh, in a garage somewhere. Like he yes. tricked, out, tricked out a garage. That's where he records. Okay, got That's it. That's warehouse. Okay. Yeah. That's now. Yeah. So I went I – went, I did – his podcast we did a christmas one too like at some but it was like in hollywood i thought oh no we did some was there another office or something. was there another recording studio um wait if it was a restaurant was it super bowl sundays was it, it was like thing? one of those like a like I an orange county the... like a big restaurant somewhere where he did oh, a like live, a, a, yeah, live a live show. a live show okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh who gives a shit yeah, who kev what were cares? you eating what were you eating when when i was when you were chewing custard oh you I were eating custard had was it talked? the custard it was, that I made? It was more how a, was it? It was more of a flan. Oh, ooh, I made flan once. <laughs> I lo- you know I love flan. I know you do. I'm South American. He's got Latin blood in I him. Love, I love really? flan. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the time my wife uh, made clam chowder <laughs> for us. And she put in too much of the, like, the, like pectin or whatever. Oh, you know what is that it is? So it's like a thickening yeah. agent or something She like put that? too much of She read... It said teaspoon. She read tablespoon. Oh, no. And so she put that in, doubled the viscosity of the... Uh, or is it halved the viscosity? I don't know. Either I think way, it'd be doubled if it was super viscous. Yeah, so it was clam chowder. It came out like pizza dough. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. and put it in bowls for us. I like took one bite. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Kevin wanted to be polite. I was. And he That's ate so the whole nice. thing. Well, she was very nice because there was some sporting event that we decided we were going to watch. It was a Yankees game, a playoff game. game. And then she was nice enough to make that for us. And also, she's just kind of a tough customer. Like, you, mm. don't, you don't want to fuck with her. Like, if right. she... If she fucks up the food, you don't want to call her on it because she'll cut you. She'll okay, cut you. right. She, she's from Miami. She's Cuban. Right. And so, uh, so I was not. So I ate it, you know. But uh, to this day, I can I can give her shit about it because she's actually an excellent cook. This was like one of the only things that she has. <laughs> she made custard, is what she did. Right. That's, she did. Sounds like she made clam custard. Sounds yeah. like clam chowder jigglers. Jello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Clam chowder jigglers. Like clam hey. chowder jigglers. Hey. It's not bad. That might be a thing. So you were you were eating. Um, some custard. Allison's custard? I was, I was eating the custard, yeah. How was it? Like rose and custard. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was delicious. Thank you. Yeah, what were you eating? Uh, I was eating bacon popcorn. 
bacon popcorn? Yeah, you remember last night when you and I were Skyping? I yeah. was I was eating we were popcorn. We just talking last night on Skype. Yeah. We, okay, sure. Yeah. When we leave here today, we'll start Skype. We'll FaceTime with each other. <laughs> do you guys, is this true? Do you really do that? We were we were Skyping last night. But, well, but we were right. We but no, we don't do it. Uh, yeah. We have a script where we have to hand in. So we were yeah. And you right. find it easier to deal with that over Skype than a phone call? Well, we, I'm an I'm not yeah. a Skyper, but I feel like I need to get on the bandwagon. We we went through a long period of time where we were doing a lot of work via Skype. Yeah. And, it, and it was easier. But now we actually live 10 minutes away from each other. And that's our first Skype session in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I liked it better on the phone because you, you, know, you have to sell your jokes. You know what I mean? When you're writing together, right. i got to sell my joke to him. So, so it requires a little it? bit of this. You know what I mean? A little bit of the moneymaker. Yeah. Sometimes know? I can't. I don't get how funny it is <laughs> unless I see right. the sell. The delivery of Perfect. It. Yeah. Well, then you guys are great as podcasters. Thank you. Oh, it's the best. This is our, this is our medium. Let them hear you smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you're so I want to talk about your podcast, but let's talk okay. about. Oh, sorry. Are you you want to hear about my bacon popcorn? I okay, do. Yes. I'm okay. Yes. See, this is part of our dynamic. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to get to the questions. <laughs> I want to. Talk I about want to find out more about <laughs> Alison. We're Rosen. going to. We okay. already know a lot about her. Okay. You know, just build the anticipation of the bacon popcorn okay. story. Yeah. Okay. So bacon popcorn is that a thing? Uh, yeah, we tried. I tr- got a bag. Like you bought it as a bag, or you made it? Like Trader Joe's. My wife got no, a, a bag. Trader of- Joe's. Oh, you hate Trader Joe's. I really do. Is it because they insist on having a conversation with you about everything you buy on your way out? That's part of it. That's part of it. Is what it else because, is it? Because they ring the bell when the like. <laughs> That's part whenever, of it. Whenever that some arbitrary That's time. That's part of it. I mean, is it I- because they're so. Clever with their like yes. Trader Giacomo's exactly I, sure Trader Jose's yeah. uh, Corona knockoff yeah beer. this is my thing it's like they take the same pretty much the same products that you find in like Ralph's then they put some sort of spin on it that's theirs mm. and then they they sell it as if it's some sort of trendy kind of new thing it's like instead of buying Oreos I'm gonna go buy JoJo's you know <laughs> and it's like it's well, still why an, would you do that it's still an, you're because you're because you're at Trader Joe's and that's their product and that's their thing and it's cool to eat them and it's cooler to open a cabinet and see Trader JoJo's and a packet of Oreos for uh, some reason not to this guy huh well I'm just saying that's their thing yeah well but there are we go to Trader Joe's for certain things there are certain things at Trader Joe's right like, you know we haven't done this in a long time but like two buck chuck you can only get that at Trader Joe's and that's True. a you bargain can get, you can get that anywhere pal can you yeah uh, I can get it at a street corner over here oh some, sh- some bum on Sunset Boulevard first of all they're not called bums <laughs> oh sorry what are they called <laughs> What are they called, Steve? Freeloaders. Okay. <laughs> Freeloaders. <laughs> yeah. Wow, the 47 warts, warts on society. No, no, no. Uh, uh, bums don't just drink I know. Uh, two buck chuck. I'm being crass. A lot I'm of sorry. people drink two buck chuck. I'm sorry. I'm being crass. Okay, go. Start with your questions. Um, no, I want to talk about uh, uh, the podcast, right? Alison Rosen is your new best friend. Not, yes. podcast, Not but, as much as I want to talk about it. But that's, you know, that's... The culmination. That's where you are now. I, I kind of want to talk about some that's of the things the that you used to do. The culmination. It is. This is it. Yeah. It's well, at this point in your life, right? everything. Yeah. <laughs> at this me. point, it's true. Well, it's like you you get like eighteen million downloads on your podcast. Something ridiculous. Like I do have a lot. I actually, my total downloads might be something like eighteen million. Jesus. God damn it! You're a motherfucker. I mean, it's, clo- it's pretty close to us, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're almost. I think we're like I think we're twenty two. I think right now, but still, we are the yeah we are the fastest growing podcast in uh, right. the this world room? behind yeah. Alice. Don't, don't you, Sully? <laughs> don't you do I'm it? Sorry, don't you, know you do it? I, it might not. Now I feel compelled to say it might not be eighteen thousand. I know it's million, million, eighteen million. I mean, right. yeah, right. no Freudian slip. You I hear know. that? Yeah, you hear that? A that peek behind weird. the curtain. I know it's more than ten million, but the fact that in my head I was like it was ten million a while ago, so by now it's eighteen million it might not be accurate. Okay, but it's definitely north of ten million. Yes, mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, that's amazing. 
Thank you. Yeah. I want to. I want to find out about how you get that. But first. did you when you got that? I know you got to that first million very quickly. I did. Yeah. Yes. And did you? How did you celebrate? Like uh, <laughs> did custard, you, bro. Yeah, custard. well, custard. Some... Trip to Trader Joe's. Okay. I don't think I celebrated. I think I was just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm, maybe that's my problem. She just, no, she's like, it's not spiking the football when you're in the end zone. You know what she I mean? just laid it down and she spun it. She just laid it down and she walked away and said, there are more touchdowns to score. Cla- oh, cla- she's a classy person. Yeah. yeah we know right. that. The British think, palette. Yeah. Yeah. British palette. I, yeah. If there's one thing that's clear, it's that. Yeah. Cl- but you started as class. a writer, though. You, I, I mean, did. You, uh, I did. Um, I started. Like at a pretty young age. Right? I was 18 when I wrote for the LA Times. Wow. So I did How'd start you do that? very young. I was on my high school newspaper. Yeah. And Were you the editor of the high school newspaper? No, I okay. wasn't actually. I was you were, just a writer. You were just a har- lowly writer. No, no, you were the hard driving you were, you were a uh, investigative reporter. I was a you freeloader. Were a yeah. Right, okay. yeah. Okay. What was your high school paper called? The Trident. Because we were the Sea Kings. I see. Okay. That was the uh, our our mascot, you know, the okay. Sea Kings, and okay. so he carries a trident. And gotcha. Was, and this is uh, California, right? You're, yes, you're Orange County. Okay. Did you ever write an article called "Sea King: A Friend for the End of the World"? Ooh, no. But <laughs> I you wish, can have that. Thank you. You can have that. That yeah. would have been good. Yeah. Um, so you wrote some article, you, and you, you, you got in the radar screen of the LA Times? or Yeah, so they were looking for students to write features yeah. um, for this, this new, I th- they wanted to sort of cover stuff that was going on with younger people. Like undercover shit, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's right. Yeah. That's like right. 21 got Jump it. Street. Got shit. it, got it. Okay. So the first one I wrote was about the pop- popularity of the coffee house scene okay. with the under 21 crowd. Okay. Uh, and then the next one I wrote was about Orange County bands dealing with pay to play up in LA. Okay. And a little music magazine saw that one mm-hmm. and asked if I would want to write for them. Okay. So that's how I began covering music. And then I did that all through college, um, began writing for some other magazines. Okay, and like other Cameron Crowe. Like Cameron Crowe mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Right? It really. Right? I don't want to be grandiose. Yeah. Just kidding. I have no problem being grandiose. Be grandiose. Yeah. Be grandiose. I, when I saw Almost Famous, I did relate in, right. in a lot of ways to that. Sure. Because I was, I mean, I remember my dad taking me to interview a band because yeah. I was very young when I was doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, when we were that age, we weren't doing that shit. What were you doing? I don't know. At, screwing around? At, at, at playing, like, playing sports or something? Yeah, I don't know. Doing coke? <laughs> you were. Yeah. Were you really? He was a, t- he was a New York South City American. kid. Yeah, I'm South American. Yeah. We, we, that was the family business. We made coke, right. mm. and we did coke. Sure. Right. Yeah. But, sure. You got but down there, we called Isn't it that coca. the downfall? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the downfall of all drug kingpins. Yeah, they, they do your own stash. Own stash. Yeah. Never get high on your own supply. Right. right. The problem is that doesn't translate into uh, Argentinian or okay. Colombian or whatever. We but would. it doesn't matter. You got it all out of your system in high school anyway. Yeah. Right. It's like you blew it out, and then you were able to sell, sell cocaine after that without a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, sweet. Now I find the the <laughs> amount of money I'm saving by not getting high on my own supply is See, huge. I can't tell if you're joking or not. However, yeah. that's smart, I think, to get it out of your system young because I was a late bloomer and I got it out of my system in my late 20s. Okay. And I remember at the time thinking someone in their late 20s who's dabbling – well, I think I was like 27, so that's, that's mid-late mid, 20s. 20s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dabbling at that age is – probably much more problematic than doing it in high school when it's sort of par for the course. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know, where, when would it become more of a problem, when you're younger or when you're older? I oh, think I think when, when you're, you're older. older. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the truth is, and honestly... you should know better. Yeah, well, and, you know, it was like I, I, I quit doing cocaine my senior year of high school. Mm. 
<laughs> and like, and the truth was, is I, you know, I went to, I was a scholarship let's, kid. Let's set the scene though. He, yeah. He's a New York City kid. He grew up on the Upper West Side. Uh, you know, hard driving, right. running with east the wrong, sure. right, east side, running with the oh, with a bad side, pack. Even better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, running with the gangs up there. You know, right. Kind of right. There were like gangs up there. Story. I know there, there were. were gangs up there. Were. Real gangs. Well, well how far north were you? Uh, were you in the 70s or 80s? East 86th Street. Okay. And uh, my mom was a uh, teacher at a uh, private school, Dalton, on the Upper East Side. Sure. Is that where you went? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so, you know, I went there, but we weren't uh, rich or anything like that. And so all my, but my friends were loaded and they would buy tons of cocaine and give it to me. And uh, I'm not that they were like pushers or anything like that. I was happy to accept it. The point was by the time I was a senior, like we were doing... You know, we'd like write out our initials, and uh, you know, like I had friends who were stealing cigarettes. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of, you know. of cocaine, but like it, it became a problem. <laughs> where like you know, uh, did anyone fucking wash out on it or what? Did anybody die? No, die or get hurt? Or no, nobody got hurt. Okay, nobody got hurt. But the, you know, the, what what made me quit was like at my at my junior prom, sitting there like wired at an at, like looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, uh, well, yeah, but it was like I was. It was an after party, yeah. and everybody was asleep. It was uh, like we had, we had all gone to somebody's house, and everybody was asleep. It was like six in the morning. The yeah. sun was coming up. Everybody's passed out. I'm wired, sitting in a chair, and I couldn't move to like get up, and my heart was just mm. beating super fast. And I was like, "That's that's not great. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stop this but now." But it's nice that you had the strength to stop that. Well, but then the thing is, like, when I got to college, and I'd see, I watched people doing it for the first time, and I'd right. see them doing it the way we were doing it, which was like Amateurs. writing out their initials. What is what is that way? <laughs> it's well, okay. Like you know, we've talked about this. There's a proper way to do cocaine, and there's an improper way. <laughs> okay, if you're gonna do it, you should take your a line or two, and yeah. then call it a call it a night, and right. you'll actually be totally fine. You'll have a great time. Sure. The improper way is the way that ninety nine percent of the people, including right. myself, were doing it, binge. which is the binge. Yeah, you're sitting around a table and you keep snorting it, and then like yeah, you, heart attack. you think you're coming down. Is this thing? Did this thing go off? And you think you're coming down, and then uh, you just keep snorting and snorting and snorting and snorting, and right. finally, like you know, right. it's uh, yeah, you're dead. All right. But uh, so anyway, okay. I'd watch people do that, and then you know, like I mean, we know people who are like in their 40s who are still doing it and like you know they spend they're spending sure. their income right. and you know and it's you're looking at like a 45 yeah, year old guy much. who's like ducking into the bathroom right. to snort so some so you're coke. saying it is better to do it in high school yeah than as opposed to 27 years old well don't you haven't, haven't you ever been at like a you know like a work type atmosphere like the Sundance Film Festival or something yeah. and you're sitting there like talking to some agent or something like that who's like jaws going they're licking their lips and yeah. you're like dude it's coked out right and it's like, you know. Yeah, it's unprofessional. It's unprofessional. <laughs> it's unprofessional. I had a meeting with a development person at a network, um, like no, non-scripted stuff. Yeah. She was, I, maybe she was like, I'll say 28 or yeah. something. And she looked so innocent and fresh-faced, but the way her mouth was moving was so indicative of coke or some kind of opera to me, like very reptilian. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. always stands out in my, and she was like fidgety and looking around. But for some reason, it, it was creating cognitive dissonance because I don't really think it's what she was doing. Right, and but yet, it may have been. It may have been. Yeah. If mm-hmm. so, I don't think anything I was saying was penetrating. Sure. But sure. I, mean, it, I mean, if you think about it, like if, you know, in the 80s or whatever it was, that's the way business was done, right? And, and people would be fucked up and drinking and whatever. I feel like we don't go into those rooms as much anymore. Well, like I remember we went into a room, we went into a pitch room 
like, and we drank a shitload, like a Red Bull or whatever, before we went in. That so was that we'd ridiculous. Be hopped up. Yeah, and and by the way, it <laughs> was that a was ridiculous. Like, that was our bad boy. Yeah, I know. Thing. We were flying that. Yeah. That's some fucking you know. It was Red rip, Bull. Carbo. No, it was ripped force. Yeah, it, was it was like that. Like weightlifters. Thing, uh, yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought we were being a bad boy. And we kept talking about it. We were like, hey, we drank ripped fuel before this meeting. (laughs) Do you feel like it helped your meeting? No. It was was terrible. We all went up, and then everyone in the middle of the meeting came crashing down. We were trying to sell Super Troopers, uh, the script to studios. Yeah. I remember, like, we peaked at, like, Universal or something like that. (laughs) And then, yeah, we started to come down. And then you just went down. Yeah. Drinking coffee. Yeah. But I do, you know, it's like, I mean, truthfully, I think in, in all business, there is, like, there are clicks that come down to partying you know it's like you have the people who are like yeah i know that person from that company or whatever we're we're drinking buddies we're gonna go out and get fucked up and we mm-hmm. are gonna talk business, business right and i think i do think there's like a whole cocaine uh group out here in hollywood that's sure. like yeah they're the, they're the people who do coke together and some and a lot of them are high up and they do business together and okay so you think i should get into that then you could probably benefit from doing some coke. You'd like coke, I think. Okay, I don't think so. But that's yeah, okay. but Maybe. see, I think you missed your window. I that's know. What I'm I totally I think did. The drug window was a while ago. Can I say this? Yes. About drugs, I was a product of Dare. Did you guys have Dare? Which was that whole anti-drug campaign in right. school? Yeah. And I was so afraid of drugs for so long. Because I had it in my head that the second you do cocaine, you have a heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that could happen. Yeah. Like that's a realistic thing that could happen. Yeah. So then when I tried it and it didn't happen, it just kind of reinforced my like, oh, this is an okay thing to do. Whereas right. I, th- I don't... It had the reverse effect. Uh, in a way, you, okay. it kind of did. Yeah. Like I think that they... I, that's my problem with fear-mongering as, as a way to keep people from doing things yeah. is that you're, you're over-promising and <laughs> just suggest kind of the the more real version which is it will um make you talk about shit that no one cares about but you think is really interesting <laughs> right, right, you'll right. be sweaty and unattractive right, yeah. you probably actually counterintuitively gain weight because you're going to be drinking more because you're staying up all night you won't right. be able to fall asleep because the knocking in your chest will scare the shit out of you yeah and you'll that's just enough deterrent feel right? like a loathsome person i mean that was yeah. for me and so yeah. i stopped and i i haven't touched it and won't ever touch it again yeah no i remember those when they would scare the shit out of, like i remember they did the when we were in high school they did the um the drunk driving you know scare the shit out of you think Right, and I remember sitting in an auditorium with all the kids, and they'd show videos, you know. Yeah, and there'd be like the most graphic fucking things you ever seen. Like I remember watching it, and it would be like people in car accidents like because they red would... asphalt, isn't that? That's the classic red yeah. asphalt. Yeah. I remember one where there was a, a kid, like a li- real footage of a kid with a pipe through his chest. Holy shit! And everyone's like, oh, "Oh my god!" You know, and I just thought, you know, I, I didn't know that that was the really the right it's like, approach. It's, it's right. all scared straight. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it didn't leave. A lasting effect on you? Uh, it did, in the sense I remember it to this day. But I, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was the—I don't think it was the proper effect that they were hoping to have, which was a more measured, uh, uh, realistic uh, discussion of what the problems were. Sure, I mean, as that, opposed to showing me a dude with a pipe through his chest. You know? Yeah, well, there are the, the extreme uh, versions of that. Like, sure. do you remember? Do you remember the one that was like an anti-smoking in bed? Thing? Where the house lights on fire? No, it was like it was oh. a woman. I remember I was watching. I was. I was a kid. I was young, but I was like, I was watching Saturday Night Live, and it's a woman who comes on. And she's got a mask in front of her face. Okay, and she talks about how her husband was smoking in bed and fell asleep, and everyone at the house burned down. The kids were caught in the fire. The husband died in the fire, and she made it out alive. And she goes, "I guess I was the lucky one." She pulls down the mask, and her oh. face is just like oh. Freddy Krueger. Oh, jeez. Yeah, oh. and like 
it gave me nightmares for a while. Sure. Didn't stop me from smoking. In Didn't bed. stop That's me from smoking in bed. No, I smoked more in bed. Did was, you ever? You I actually smoked that. in bed? I never ever did that. I did. I did. Yeah. Lemmy was a big smoker. He is like a pack a day guy. Back really? In the, back in the day. Back in high school, and then well, and, and then after that, I mean, when we started doing comedy, you were too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, like uh, at the sketch clubs. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I quit. Uh, I quit once when I was twenty-seven after like fourteen years of smoking, and right. then after we made Super Troopers, I started smoking again because of that. <laughs> That scene, scene with the Johnny Chimpo, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then uh, smoke. You quit quickly after that, though. Yeah, well, it actually went on for a while. I've now quit for eight years. Okay, were you smoker? Or were you ever a smoker? I was a smoker, yes, okay. and How I long? quit. Um, I'm trying to remember when I actually quit. I probably quit in maybe I quit like eight years ago, and I probably smoked. Like really smoked for probably like ten years. Yeah, hardcore smoker. Um, no, I mean at my well, <laughs> it's funny I say no because at the nah. most, yeah. in my mind, she didn't smoke in bed. <laughs> I didn't okay. smoke in bed. Okay, good for you. At the most, it was probably half a pack a day. Okay. So I don't know. Is that hardcore? It's sort of hardcore. It's not. No, it's that's more not consistency. So bad. I think. I mean, it's not you. Morton Downey Junior. level, but sure, it's not. Th- you know, smoke it through a hole in your throat. Yeah, know, that kind of thing. And if you're right. not smoking in bed, like frankly, I think like uh, the smoking in bed. I had a girlfriend who used to smoke in bed, and she woke up at like seven in the morning, and I would, I would dream, <laughs> I would have a dream where something was burning, and then like, and it stung, and then I'd open my eyes, and she'd be next to me smoking, like she smoked cools, she smoked menthols. Ew. And it, it was so disgusting to me. Yeah. It was so fucking disgusting to me that like. I think that's I, I started yeah, to slow down the broke up with her because of that. There were a lot of reasons, but yeah, like, but that was a, a, a disgusting habit. I, I think that was probably the most disgusting form of uh, of cigarette smoking that you in could do bed. the in bed smoking. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I dated a guy who did that, and I just remember there was this ashtray Ugh. that yeah. uh, right next to his bed. That it looked like the, a kind of rock that like a turtle or a lizard would sun itself on mm-hmm. in a terrarium. It was. <laughs> yeah. To some, it would be a cool kind that of ashtray. Nice, yeah, yeah, it was really. It was that was classy. Yeah, <laughs> sounds delicious. Right, but um, yeah, I just remember that, and it was over always overflowing. It had butts in it, and uh. I could in my smoking days, I still could never really smoke in the morning unless I remember in college if I'd pulled an all nighter as I was walking to turn my paper in. Which, by the way, now do people just email their papers? I what think happens? they do. But I as I was do. walking to turn my paper in after staying up all night, then I could smoke a cigarette on my way back to the dorm. But otherwise, I really couldn't smoke until later in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I was always grossed out by morning smokers. I had an office mate when I worked in a, in a law firm who uh, we were in like, you know, paralegals in a little room. And he would, every morning, he would smoke in the office. Because mm-hmm. you could then. You could. You could then. I used to think like when I ruined my day every day. You go on an airplane and you could smoke mm-hmm. in the airplane. Sure, get the smoking section. Sure, you could smoke in class. I remember these little like divots on the. Um, by the way, it sounds like I'm like 65 years old. <laughs> smoking in class had been outlawed or voted against, or however the ruling came down way before I got there. I'm just saying they were old desks, and I remember I think there was like a divot in the desk for a little ashtray thing. Ugh, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Ugh. it's nasty. I know. Um, all right, Gross. let me go back to. I'm going back to the history of Allison. Okay, let's let me do get that. back okay. to that. We were talking right. about you're you're a young writer who yes. got scooped up by the L.A. Times. That's right. I was a young writer. Okay, uh, wrote through college, and then when I graduated college, I sent my clips to People and Rolling Stone. Okay, and wow. um, and People. Well, no, I. It wasn't just those two. I think I was just like I'm gonna. 
I know that this is a little beyond like beyond what I've done, but I'm just going to start at the top. So I just sure. chose. That's what you got to do. I chose like ten glossy big time magazines, and I sent my clips. Yeah. So I think probably details was in there. Esquire. I mm-hmm. can't remember Vanity Fair. Maybe. Right. Um, people in Rolling Stone. And people contacted me. So okay. I began. And doing, you're in high school or college? At this, this was point? this was okay. after I graduated college. Okay, got it. Um, right after I graduated college, and then I started writing for people, and then a year later I started doing stuff for Rolling Stone. And what was the what was the the attraction? Was it because you were funny, or was it because of your certain age, or what was like? I don't. What even, do you think? I don't. Great think, writer. What do you think was the thing? I don't know that they knew my age. Yeah. Actually, or maybe they did. Maybe that's a very young minded kind of thing to say that like oh they didn't know. Um, I, I I was a good writer. Yeah. And I had naturally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had clips from – I had written for this magazine, Access Magazine, which yeah. was this like lifestyle, technology, um, style magazine And I uh, throughout high school. and uh, No, sorry, throughout college. And I'd done a bunch of cover stories for them. I did the first national cover story on No Doubt back in okay. know, like 90s. Did you have a connection Wait, to them? Year, or that no? was uh, just Orange County. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but the magazine assigned it to me. But I don't. I don't know if they chose me because I was from Orange County and that's where they were from as right. well, um, or what it was. But I was. I was good at interviewing. Yeah, uh, and I think that's which actually is sort of is what I do now. So right. Right. I, maybe that's why they chose me. What was it, when you say you were good at interviewing? Meaning what? Like you came prepared with questions, you uh, engaged conversationally as opposed to just like firing a question and not really listening to the answer? I was able to get at whatever the, again, so grandiose and and self-aggrandizing. Do it. That's why we're here. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I think whatever like the real story of what was going on with someone, I was sort of able to to get at the emotional heart of that and... um, I'm usually a people feel comfortable opening up to me and right. telling me stuff. And time and time again, what I hear is I've never told that to anyone or I didn't think I was going to now seeking my podcast. Sure. I didn't think I was going to talk about that, but I, I did. And how did you get that out of me? But they feel OK about it. Right. They feel comfortable about it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's um, that emerged pretty young in me. Did so you get some big secret out of Gwen Stefani. Is that what happened? Did you do it? <laughs> I remember she talked about feeling. She was twenty six at the time, oh, okay. and, and she had doubts. And she um, did. no yeah. doubt, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. But I remember actually, <laughs> <laughs> she talked about feeling old, like feeling oh, like really? she was getting old, and that she was looking in the mirror and she was like, "How did it happen?" I mean, and she was only twenty six, right? But feeling like finally they had achieved enough that they would have something to show their grandkids because okay. they, I not maybe not everyone realizes they had been plugging away at it with. Not right. a lot of success for years and years and years yeah. and years. So before they hit it big, there was this sense of like, oh, they're still doing it. They've been doing it for like ten years, mm-hmm. and then all you know now they're humongous. So it definitely paid off. Right. But I right. think there were a lot of moments where they wondered, should we keep at it? Right. Yeah. Was she married at that point, or no? She had just started dating the Bush guy, Gavin. Uh, Gavin. Okay. Oh, I have a good story about him, Gavin Bush. You've got a you know great... my Gavin. What's his name? Gavin. Gavin Rossdale. 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 Gavin Thank Rossdale. You. Right. Um, I, have a, I have a Gavin Rossdale story. Let's hear it. Quickly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a very L.A. story. So, but tell it properly. I will. But it's a very L.A. story, which is not okay. true to my life anymore. But uh, when we first moved out here, we were living over in Culver City. My kids went to a, a, a private preschool. And um, in, in the class uh, was uh, Seal and uh, Heidi Klum's kid. Mm-hmm. Right? And so uh, as you will do, the kids have a birthday party. They invite the whole class. So we go up to Seal and Heidi Klum's. <laughs> 
house in Bel Air or whatever, you know, this you know big giant house, and they got this giant party and whatever. And so I go there. My wife, I have, I have two daughters at that point, and so we go up there to the party, and it's like, holy shit, Heidi Klum and Seal, blah blah blah. And so, uh, so we're uh, we're at the party, and there's all kinds of th- things like you know food stations and whatever. And uh, Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rossdale are there because I guess they're friends with Heidi Klum and Seal, right? Of course, of course, of right? course they are naturally. And so, uh, uh, so uh, at one point, my kids have their dinner, and they sit. They're sitting down at the table, and it's birthday cake time. <laughs> And I said, I'll go get the birthday cake. And I walked over to the birthday cake table, and uh, there's just, you know, pieces of cakes on the table. So I grabbed five pieces of cake, right? Fat guy. <laughs> I grabbed five pieces of cake, and I feel a little weird about it. And I look up, and Gavin Rossdale standing there across the table staring at me, smiling. <laughs> and I was like, and I have the five cake, piece of cake in my hand. I'm like, it's not all for me. Right? <laughs> and he smiles, and he goes, sure, it's not, mate. <laughs> And then I walked away. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, you can't see it, but there was a wink that that came with it. A little wink, right? Yeah. Sure, it's not, mate. How did you feel, good or did you feel judged? I felt very judged, and I, mm-hmm. but I, it was a very funny moment because it was a very wry, right. wry like delivery you get on his part. Yourself, yeah. yeah, I'm okay with. It. I mean, it really wasn't for me, so it's not like I need to. If I was hoarding five pieces right. of cake, and, right? Sure. I mean, still to this right. day, trying to tell people it wasn't for you. It wasn't. Hey, Gavin, it wasn't for me, buddy. Can I make a confession? Yeah. This is something I've never told anybody. Oh, it's happening, Jesus. see? Okay. <laughs> I, I swear I've never told anybody this. Okay. I don't know whether to believe you or not, but go ahead. You're going you're gonna to realize there's a, there's a loophole. Uh, do you remember that uh, piece of red velvet cake that I took out of the Staples Center yeah. on uh, Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I ate it for lunch yesterday. Oh, Jesus. So, here's, here's what happened. We got invited to the circus with our kids mm-hmm. by Lemmy's representation, and uh, the representation is picking up the bill. And Am I allowed to say this? Yeah. yeah, we're picking up the bill, right? So uh, that's nice. Uh, what one level point, do you have to get to where that happens? Because my representation doesn't do shit. It's pretty. They don't do that for me either. Yeah. So it's nice that he's in a honeymoon period with this guy. Oh, great. so so we the go to this. Been uh, going on a long yeah, time. And it's but... not like it was a high end event. It was the Ringling Brothers Circus. Wait, yeah, but... hold on a second, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. What's I know you that Cirque du Soleil. No, no. Oh. I'm saying you've been to you know the Usher. This is our shtick. You've been to the Usher concert with. No, this is the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. But did you get really good circus seats? We were. We were in the luxury box. We were in the luxury suite. Okay. Wow. So what happens is at some point, a, a, a dessert cart comes around. And like, you know, pretty high-end dessert. Yeah, like fancy sure. shit. Like good custard made by like, Alison Rosen. <laughs> like caramel-covered apples right. and uh, red velvet cake and uh, brownies and blondies <laughs> and blondies? ice creams. Right. Yeah, wow. custard pie. And so we're ordering and we're getting stuff for our kids or whatever. And then Lemmy, uh, all of a sudden, I see him start ordering multiple desserts and putting them in a to-go bag. And so essentially he ordered like a bunch of desserts and brought them with him because he, ha- he could. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one of them was the biggest piece of red velvet cake you've ever seen. I mean, yeah. that's classy right there. Yeah, very classy. One uh, <laughs> dessert was for the moment. Right. Then I got two desserts, a right. red velvet cake. One was for Sunday, one was for Monday, one was for Tuesday. The What's Sunday the was for Monday. The uh, one was for the nanny who was babysitting the, ba- the one-year-old at home okay. when we left at okay. home. And okay. so I said, I, so okay, red velvet cake and this um, <laughs> salted caramel brownie. Sure. Sounds delicious. It right. really does. I was going right. to bring the two home and g- let her have one. Yeah. And then the other one, you know, is going to go in me. <laughs> and uh, But so, like, it's been sitting there in the fridge, you know, because I'm also trying to – we're trying to get in shape now for, for Super Troopers yeah, too. right. And then yesterday I was like, I got to eat that piece of red velvet cake. I don't want to do it later in the day because that's the bad time. I was like, I'm just going to make that my lunch today. Right. It was yesterday. 
And so I had it with nice. That doesn't fit with your no carb diet. I, the funny thing is, like, I'm sitting here <laughs> in a puddle of my own saliva, thinking about salted caramel brownies and stuff. Uh, and yeah. then suddenly I remember, like, oh, I will never be able to have that as long as I'm doing this diet. Right. But it's okay because I can you have will. eggs with Splenda. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But someday you will. Someday, someday you'll, will. you'll get. You'll go back to. I'm it, surprised you know? I've done it. I've been. It's probably like been five weeks now. I'm surprised I've stuck to it for this long. I think the reason that I have is because I know that if I break it and eat carbs, yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna be slippery. Take n- well, no, it's gonna take like another sixteen to twenty four hours to get back into right. n- mm-hmm. not having carbs in my system, and that kind of feels cruddy. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know what? Uh, you know what the Rock says: uh, treat yourself, don't cheat yourself. <laughs> Yeah. The so Rock every, does. Every once in a while, just treat yourself. Like yeah. The Rock is, you know, he's the picture of uh, uh, fitness. Fitness, yeah. and sure. he goes six days on and one day yeah. off, and that one day that off, cheat day, yeah. yeah, he cheats hard. Yeah, and we had a buddy who uh, was on the podcast who's Mr. Olympia, and he uh, told us you literally know, one day. You, if you take off your diet one day, it really doesn't make that big of a difference to your overall picture. It's because your metabolism. If you're going six days a week, your metabolism mm-hmm. is yeah. burning right so through. Just, it. But see, I that. just read something really pointed on Facebook okay. from someone that I know and it said not a troll no okay it's actually this is kind of crazy it's so I used to do um, morning it's kind of crazy that I'm not really obscuring details about people's personal lives as well but um, I used to do <laughs> when I lived in New York I used right. to do morning news okay that was not my main job it was yeah. when I was working at Time at New York but I would go on um, like WNBC right that is what I did actually That's right. yes yeah. I had we, a segment we grew up watching WNBC okay so, did you, you Chuck probably... Scarborough and mm-hmm. uh, Sue Simmons yeah weren't yeah. they WNBC yes they, yeah, they were. were they were during the week yeah I had a segment on um, on Weekend Today in New York oh okay Pat Battle and David Ushery are these names mean Pat anything? Battle Pat Battle yeah love Pat Battle anyway there was a producer there uh, who was kind of curmudgeonly and but but I liked her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but n- like not really a morning person. Even though I always saw her at like five in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't I don't think she's doing anything involving news anymore. She's okay. become someone, and I only know this from Facebook and possibly Instagram. She's become someone who competes in fitness competitions, and she's wow. like, totally buffed out. Wow. She has muscles. She has veins. How old is she? I want to say she's probably like in her late 40s. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, she said, it's a cheap meal, not a cheat day. Oh. oh. And I, that was the tone of the words. Okay. okay. Yeah, but look, I mean, you know, you don't want to be no. a bodybuilder. No. Yeah. I don't. Although there is an Allison Rosen who is a bodybuilder. Oh, really? You know what? Did you find her when you were Googling? Y- yeah, yeah. That's not me. That's so not me. Yeah, I was, that, I was actually, that, that was like a... Uh, the first it was you and her came up mm-hmm. like she was super tan and ripped. Were you hoping that she was the one coming in? No, no, I was. I stuck. I was like, "That's not. It's this one for sure." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't think. You didn't think she was a podcast? Well, you know, I mean, it, you know, I mean, she had like thick vocal cords, mm-hmm. so like maybe right. she was, but veiny, very veiny, probably. Yeah, and like you know, and and the photos of her weren't even like the good body, <laughs> or I guess it depends on what your definition of a good bodybuilder sure. photo is. It was sure. like everyone's got a different one. It, I mean, no one on the air can see it, but it was one of those like hideous ones, like <laughs> right. you know, with like the arms. Right, like she's showing look. that she's like some kind of beast. Yeah, like right. not just like flexing muscles, but how did you go? How did you get to New York? Now you were, you grew up here, so you ended up going to New York and living there and working there for a while, right? Yes, I was there for nine years. Did you go for a job? 
no. I I did go to pursue writing, but I didn't have a job. Okay. I don't know how. Well, actually, I guess I do. What I was going to say is I don't know how people line up a job across country before making yeah, that Because you move. went to school out here. Yes. Yeah. Although, I mean, I guess I do now. Like now. Right. Some people just move to the city and then get a job. Right. right yeah. yeah, because I was still in my sort of figuring out what I'm doing after college phase, even though that stretched a little longer than I intended it yeah, to. For all um, but yeah. yes. Right. I mean, there are a few people who. Yeah. yeah no, but, maybe there aren't. But as a writer still, I don't like it's all going into your work anyway. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if you're, you know, freelancing for the magazines that you freelance, that some of those articles were about like being a young 20 something in New York City. Or am I wrong? Um, I, I'm going to take that as a no. Uh, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. You're smarter you'd than think, that. You'd think they would be. But right. uh but so anyway, I after college I moved back to Orange County, and that was for me. That was I felt like this is Terrible. the be- the beginning <laughs> of my life forking, and you know, in one direction is the life I want to be leading, and right. in another direction is what's actually happening. And oh no, and I was really like, this is not what I wanted to do. What's going on? Um, but I was writing. I, I took a full time job at the OC Weekly, which is the LA Weekly sister paper, and yeah. that was great. And I began playing in a band, which was also like, what am I doing? Like <laughs> I playing what instrument? Uh, guitar. Nice. Are you a good but, guitarist? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. I think I'm okay. a better drummer than I am guitar okay. player, actually. But if you're a band, you have to be able to play the instruments. I was okay. Okay. What was I the was name okay. of the band? Give the, us the name. The Angoras. The oh. Angoras. The Angoras. Yeah. What, okay. Now tell me the significance of that. Is that a cat? An Angora? Well, our singer, our singer chose the Angoras. Is that her last name? No, actually, she just she had been in a band before that called the Real Minx. Okay. So she liked cats. She just liked she liked furry fuzzy things. Yeah, okay. she liked the tactile. But Angora is a cat. Okay. It's a cat no? and okay. it is a goat and it's a rabbit. All at one oh, time. Oh, you know what? No, but that would be so cool. Yeah. It would be. I just remembered where the name came Weird from. Breeding. There was an okay. episode of Laverne and Shirley where there was okay. either a girl gang Go or on. a sorority, and they were called the Angora Debs. Okay, and I think that was the. That's that was where from. she got it. Okay. Yeah. And was so, this an all-female band? Our drummer was a guy. Okay. Um, but w- I was the drummer at the very beginning. Okay. And then I said, this is fun, but I'm moving to San Francisco, you guys, because I'm not going to live in Orange County again. Right. And then I went to San Francisco, and then I was there, and I thought, no, I'm not moving here, actually. And I came back, and I can't remember how long I was there. I don't think it was very long. Everyone loves but San by the time, Katie. Right, Katie? Katie's from San Francisco. Yeah. I do love it. Yeah. It's, I was born in Oakland. Okay. I only lived there for That's seven months. That's why you're months. so tough. That's, That's why you're so tough. I, yeah. I like the big to throw it in. The big idea. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I came back, and, and they had already had a new drummer, which shows you how oh. bad I was on drums, probably. But right. they said, do you want to play guitar? Because I brought in a terrible song, but, that, but I showed them how it goes on guitar. So but they knew amazing. I played guitar. You played multiple instruments? Um, She's so talented. They, yeah. Or Rosa. I'm like sucky at a number of instruments. Nah, no. I don't, don't, don't undersell yourself. Okay. Yeah. I'm making up for how... How, how grandiose you've been. Yes, <laughs> yeah. so far with my, oh, I make custard and sure. I interviewed, no doubt. Sure. So anyway, <laughs> I began playing guitar and... Again, if I could go back and do it again, I would have been less hard on myself. Because the truth is, I had a good job. I was having a good time. I was playing in a band. I was having a good time. Everything was fine. Sure. But there was this voice in my head. You always want more? Well, but it was also like, this isn't what you want to be doing. This isn't, you're not, you mm-hmm. know, like you're letting your your life is going one way and you don't want it to go that way. And like, right. get you know, what's happening? And I was just so And are you like, you're 21 wound. or 22 at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, we I toured with the band, and we were playing in San Francisco, actually. Yeah. And I was talking to this guy who worked at the club, and he said that 
San Francisco wasn't a big enough city for him. He was moving to Brooklyn. Okay. And I remember thinking, <laughs> that's crazy because when, as I'm walking around San Francisco, I'm thinking I've got to get to a city. I really want to live in a city. Yeah. So he and I became friends, actually. Okay. And um, I came back to Orange County, and I remember I woke up on September 6th, 2000. And one, okay, mm-hmm. and thought I'm moving to New York. Uh-oh. And then uh-huh. 9/11 happened, <laughs> right. so I waited a little longer. But I did actually go in like April, May of 2002. Was it was it like any kind of culture shock for you in the sense that uh, it was yeah. it was actually culture shock. I don't know if I would say culture shock as yeah. much as I remember a huge wave of insecurity kind of gripped me for a while <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. I just right. because I had left. A support system and a community and in a way I had an identity as I'm someone who plays in a band and mm-hmm. I do yeah. this and I went to New York and I wasn't in a band anymore. Did you have friends out there? People you knew? My sister was there. Oh, okay. My younger okay. sister. Was yeah. it your first time there? or had No, you been there? I, had, I had been there before. Um, I did have, yeah, I had I had some friends, but not good friends. I yeah. mean, there were, there were some, the idea now of not doing something on a Friday night would be like, yes, that's Friday. I don't do anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't go out much. But then the idea of not having any plans on the weekend, I sure. feel like, oh, I'm a loser. Yeah. What am I, you know, yeah. how yeah. do I make friends? How do I make this work? Now I like not having plans on the weekend. I oh. can't stand plans. Yeah. Yeah. They stress me out. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even go out anymore. Yeah. Sad. I go to the circus. That's yeah, what yeah. I do on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and treat myself to decadent dessert. Extra piece of red velvet cake. Yeah, she was delicious. <laughs> All right, go on. Well, so it did, it did take a while to find my footing in New York. Yeah. But I did finally. And then I was there for a while. And then I came back. Can we talk about red velvet for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah please. And then I want to tell you a Chuck Scarborough and Sue Simmons story. Go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think red velvet is overrated. I'm sorry. Really? I'm bringing the heat. Really? Yeah. Do you guys Why? Love I love red velvet. You've come to the wrong place for <laughs> that kind of yeah. shit. Listen, sister. Yeah. This is what red do you velvet like central. About it? I the, mean, I like the, the taste, the delicious I like, taste, I like which a, is like real weak chocolatey flavor. It's kind of like a. I like the. I like, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I, I, oh, now it's shit has my gotten real. Fucking. O M F G. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like the, um, I like a cream cheese frosting on that, and that's that's that yeah. different kind of flavor to the. It adds to the. Uh, I it's feel the like. weak chocolate yeah. flavor. To the, uh, well, you're saying weak, but I <laughs> am hearing wheat because, like, I wheat. I don't even know if there's wheat in there, but what I did like was uh, the first time I had. I only had a, a red velvet for the first time when we were at uh, Warner Brothers, and somebody brought in the cupcakes. Yeah. And I was like, no, what's this red cupcake? And so he's right. like, it's called red velvet. And I was like, well, I'll try it. And I, like the first taste was so delicious because wow. it wasn't Your quite senses chocolate. Up, didn't they? It was, well, it was like there was like an element of salt of yeah. wheat. to it. It's not too oh. sweet. Like the chocolate gets too sweet for me. I but like, like, and the combination of the red velvet with the cream cheese. Uh, uh, icing. Yeah. I wish the audience could see you right now because you're moving your body in a way that's yeah. like you're electrified and Gyrating. turned on. Yeah. <laughs> he's bringing the heat. Yeah, I'm bringing. Yeah, I'm bringing. The, but like, it was I, ha, never having tasted something like like that before. I, I'm getting tongue tied. I know. I, I was so <laughs> excited about it. I feel bad now that I said anything negative. No, no it's okay. We're allowed to have different opinions, right? I you know think what? you might cry. No, I'm going to car- compartmentalize this though. Okay. Like, I'm not going to hate you for what for your opinion <laughs> on Red Velvet. That's okay. so open minded of you. Thank you. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are things that you love that I don't particularly like. Mm-hmm. Like, say, Custard. give me five things that you love. Oh, Ducklings. I hate it. You hate ducklings? Yeah, I hate ducklings. How can, you have to be a sociopath to hate ducklings. I hate them. They're always in the road. And okay. Facts of Life, the, the TV road. show. I fucking hate it. I love Facts Just of Life. Just kidding. Really good, I love right? ducklings and I love um, the Facts, facts of, life. of Life. Okay. Yeah. Well, so see. I love Tootie. I love Mindy. I love Blair. Natalie? 
Or you could love the actress. Oh, Mindy maybe. was yeah. Mindy was Mindy Natalie, Natalie. Yeah. Cohn. Yeah, Clooney. No, Mindy Cohn was Natalie. Oh, Clooney was on it. He was. He played George, the handyman. Yeah, the handyman. Yeah, the handsy man. Handsy man. Handsy man. Yeah. No, I, I love all the things you, you you've said. What else do you love? Just do you? What do you do? You like New York better than LA, or LA better than New York? Where do you stand what? on that? Where do you stand on that? <laughs> um, I overall, I want an overall on that. Oh, because let me LA or New York. New York. Well, New York. Okay. Well, New York. Well, New York City for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I, what I have grown to love is the state of California. Mm. I like I just not LA. You know, being from from like born and raised in Manhattan, I'm generally a bit of a snob about all other cities. And so, like there are like Chicago, I love, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. San Francisco, I love. Los Angeles to me is not; it doesn't have any of the great things that New York City has, which is the ability to you know at four or five in the morning you can get up and walk someplace and get whatever you want or have something brought to you. Um, I was just in New York, yeah, and I was reminded. Everything shuts down around ten. Ten in New York. PM. So no, not bars or anything like that. But like if you, what you most, talking about, so Alice many restaurants shut down super early you and must grocery have been in stores closed. I wasn't though. I was in Manhattan. Hmm. I remember when I moved there, and I was trying to do all the things you need to do with moving in, and like hardware stores all closed early. Maybe I'm just looking on the wrong block. Well, I, no, but there I, are a fair amount of things that close early. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just shit on your point. No, you're, I mean you're not shitting. I mean you're you're. Uh, it's true. If you're looking for a hammer at four in the morning, <laughs> you, you might know. have to wait till eight. You yeah. wait till eight. Yeah. You might have to. Yeah. I bet I could find you a hammer at at, uh, at four in the morning from a freeloader. <laughs> if you were yeah. if you were <laughs> desperate bum. to, well, you know, you can call up your friend or so, or you, the handyman in your building, whatever it is, at four like, a.m. You have a hammer. Yeah, they're up. You can call the handyman. You're right. You can call the handyman. You can. Any time of the day. Sure. That's the job. Yeah. That's the job. Yeah. Either way, like the culture, you know, it's yes. like if you like if you want uh, ducklings, mm. you could, well, maybe <laughs> not I ducklings. Do. You could eat a duckling in, in, in New York City. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> my point is when I fell in love with the, with the Los Angeles d- doesn't have any of that, like the ability to walk places. Yeah. Right. You That's know, the like, main thing for yeah. me. Like, frankly, I found myself gaining weight when I first moved to Los Angeles because I was like, Sitting on my ass everywhere and not walking places. New York City, like there, there are times where you know I lived on West Eighty Sixth Street and I'd be at like something in Union Square on Fourteenth Street, mm-hmm. or like I waited tables at City Crab on Nineteenth Street. Right. Every now and then I'd just walk home. Now that's yep. like you're covering like four miles or three miles there or something like that, which you would never do in, in Los Angeles. But that's like, you know, if if he lived a mile away from me, I just walked to his house. Right. You know, you you walk everywhere in New York City. Or you take the subway. True. True. Yeah. True. But California, I find to be a, an amazing state. Whether it's the fact that you're, you know, you have access to the beach. You know, I love it was snowboarding that made me fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. You can just drive to a mountain and go snowboarding. You can go to wine country if you're into that. You can go to San Diego if you, you want. Can go to the circus and get red velvet cake. Yeah, for free. What a country! Holy shit! What a state! Yeah. I I think I like New York better, but my life is better out here. Yeah. So and you live in L.A. now. I do. Yeah. Therefore, okay. maybe I have to give it to L.A. For yeah. me, this move was good, and I like my life out here. I just yeah. every time I go to New York, I think, oh, yeah. I wasn't done with you, New York. Mm-hmm. Did you come of- back for it? Oh, did you come back for the Kroll thing or no? No, no, um, I did not. But I got that job shortly after I came back. So you, you, what was the reason why you left New York? Um, a, a family member was sick, oh, okay. and I was helping to take care of them. Okay. And I just felt like I can't justify staying in New York when there's not really anything. I was flying back a lot to to mm-hmm. be with this person and um 
so I was paying rent on an apartment that I wasn't ever right, in. Right, right, yeah. And it wasn't like there was really anything holding me there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, if this goes south, which it didn't actually, the the person is doing doing well. But I was like, if if, if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to feel like such an asshole for not yeah, having sure. sort of. It was so it was like a family obligation okay. sort of thing. I, I, that's what I wrestle with now still is the fact that like my mom passed away a few years ago, and now it's like my dad is getting up there, and I you know I think about that all the time. Like God, like I don't. Uh, like I, you know, I have a family out here now, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't get to New York often enough, and that's the thing that, like, I really wish was not the case. Right. Sure. But uh, but you then at that point though, you probably had work and uh, business kind of uh, kind of uh, connections out here by that point. Yes. In time, so yeah. I um when I was f- I was flying back and forth so much in the months before I finally just moved here. And so when I would come out, they would <clears> – <throat> um, my agent would set up meetings and things like that. So I started. And I right. think I actually – did I? No, I auditioned for the Corolla show And is that true? A you couple had, weeks. You had to audition? Oh, yeah. There was a big, big search for the new news girl. So okay. they auditioned a bunch of different people. Katie was there at the time, weren't you? You were? Okay. She is nodding, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I moved back on October <clears throat> 30 – are there thirty-one days in October? Yeah. Oh, yes. Damn Halloween. it! You got me. She got. She got me. Oh. She got me. Jumped all over that, and it's so stupid. Yeah, it's okay. You got me, Rosen. Like, you got. No, me. I wasn't even trying to. Oh, I you actually were? was wondering. Halloween. It was Halloween. Yeah. I just oh, forgot okay. if it was on the thirtieth or thirty-first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was Halloween of two thousand ten that I moved back, and okay. then I auditioned on November eleventh. Oh, okay. So it was, it was real fast. What's an audition like for the it's, news part? You just read random news? You just sit in during the show. Okay. Because, I mean, it's more than just doing the news. It's also chiming in on other stuff and riffing with Adam. And voluntarily, just, or does he have to speak to you first? <laughs> um, you could, I voluntarily jumped in. Yeah. Okay. And who knows if that was the, the ultimate problem four years later. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, that was the weird thing. When I did his podcast, like, it, you realize that you have to jump in. It's like watching, like, Chris Matthews or something like that. Like, you know, like... Yes. Like... Like the he he would he'll fill he'll just silence. Go. Yeah, and so you have you have to get in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, which is kind of weird. But that's you know yeah. I mean that's <laughs> that in and of itself is a tough thing to do. Yeah, to just jump in to somebody's thing. I mean, you and I are used to it. Yeah, true. I mean, I we interrupt each other all the time. And Rosen, for that yeah. Matter. Did right. did you have experience in like news stuff, or did you have to have that in order to do it, or no? Um, I don't know to what degree. I mean, I think it was journalistic more than, background. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did have that. Yeah. Um, and I used to go on. Do you know the show Red Eye? Yeah, sure. I used to do Red Eye all the time, which well, I think that okay. prepared me. Because that was for the that guy who um, Greg Gutfeld. Greg Gutfeld, who yeah, yeah, well, the, uh, the back stuff in the day, magazine. He was yes. the editor of yeah. Stuff Magazine, which right. we were involved with for Super Troopers, and we had a big party with him. Blah blah blah. And then and then I it was a weird thing. Like all of a sudden, he was hosting mm-hmm. this Fox. Kind of right wingy show, but a comedy show. It's like the snarky comedy thing on Fox. Do you guys know Bill Schultz, who also worked at Stuff? Do you remember him, mm-hmm. who was also on Red Eye? Okay, so when I started doing my, and by the way, your Sue Simmons Chuck Scarborough story, we need to hear that it's coming. Yeah. When yeah. I started doing my morning thing on Morning News, yeah, I was full of myself. Yeah, so I'm like, not only am I a journalist, I'm now a TV personality. Sure, and I was and I'm friends. Funny as shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. and I was friends with. 
Bill Schultz, who was a fellow magazine writer. I knew a bunch of this because I wrote for stuff as well and I wrote for Maxim. Um, And my friend Bill told me, and I'd never met Greg Gutfeld, Mm -hmm. but he loomed large as this, like, he's this crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, manic. Exactly. And, and, you know, a thorn in people's sides and the the stunts he pulls. And also, he kept getting fired up. So it's like, you know, he pulled stunt, so they couldn't keep him as editor and editor or whatever he was at stuff stuff yeah. but then they just moved him into a higher position and then right. eventually he did maxim uk and uh That's and then he smart. came back but so and anyway right, okay. i remember bill said to me that greg is coming back from london he wants to get this tv show thing off the ground right. and i remember thinking oh, sure <laughs> you got a bunch of magazine guys are gonna have a tv show right. like where's because it's not gonna be like my you know flourishing television career <laughs> yeah. and then it, that show turned out so i was surprised when was i big. saw it yeah. and it was really good yeah and then i started going on it and it was um really fun but yeah i just remember remember the first time i heard it thinking oh, that won't last right but it, but it did, did. And, yeah. and now he's moving on though yeah he has his own show now okay but red eye is still going on with it but he's host. become like the comic face of fox news now I guess like so. Like, he's the comedy still, personality of Fox News now. Isn't it weird that they have one? It is weird, but I, I think they probably needed one. It's oh, still you know weird I mean? to me that that show and that he are on Fox News. Well, that's what it – yeah. I, I, it was – he was a surprising choice to me for all of these things. He was, yes. and, and, I, and then I, I not watched in a, Not in a bad way. Just Well, but I maybe because I, I, didn't, I didn't get that vibe off of him. Not at all. Like uh, – I don't know. Did you find – you, you were on the show. You're probably friends with this guy. I don't know, but like – I found it to be very angry white male at times to me. When, yes. You know? But when did you go on it? Because I didn't go on it. I never, oh, Jay oh, went oh. on it. Jay went on it when we were doing that same promotional tour. But I mean, I, just, I watched it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I didn't, it seemed like he was playing against type for a while when I first started watching because I wasn't sure, because I knew him in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't like that when we met him. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? He, I think the show became more um, politicized as it went on. At the very yeah. beginning, it was just crazy and funny. And right. I mean, there was that political bent, but it was like the, you watched it and you really were, thought, what is this doing on Fox? Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it be, you know, you had that reaction a little less as it, as it went on, I think. Yeah. That's sort yeah. of my, my sense of it. But I think with Greg, my understanding is both he and Breitbart were liberal at one point. Yeah. And then they switched. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not a Breitbart guy, so I mean, I guess we can't talk poorly about him. Right, he's not alive anymore. Mm. Right, but I, I, I always appreciate. found him to be more of a rabble rouser, yes. or more of a think, muckraker than, than right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was he was not an uplifting character to me. Right, you know, what yeah, I, mean? I know. He was, what you he mean. was busy trying to find the fault in people as opposed to. I don't right, know. maybe I'm wrong. I don't but know if you I, were friends with Breitbart. Um, I did. I did have some. I did. Uh, friends is is. Yeah. I didn't know him to that degree that I would yeah. say we're friends, but I did know him a little bit. Super and he smart, was always super really, funny. And really nice and yeah. really cool to me. I mean, that's how, but even... But it seemed to me he... Even he, Ann Coulter, have you ever met her? Ugh. In person, she's yeah. actually sure very she is, nice. Like, but she's all, a racist, though. Yeah. I mean, no, you I'm read not, her writings. She's a racist. But I Believe me, I'm yeah, not yeah. disagreeing and, and with more. you or defending and her. More. And right. more. Right. I'm not, I'm just saying, that, but that's what I'm saying about all these people whose political views I don't agree with actually... Just one on one in person, they're nice, but that doesn't no no doesn't make fine. it okay I mean, to it does, spout. Well, you know hatred, that's though. not true. But yeah, I'm saying like it's 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 fine to. Uh, I mean, there are great people who have different views than yes. than I do or you do or whatever it is, and I'm friends with a lot of them. But 
there are some who I feel like uh, take it uh, too far and take spread them, hate. Of, of ruining people and, yeah. and spreading hatred as opposed yes. to I know spreading their point of view. I just remember you know, which I, I think, remembered. I think some of the Breitbart stuff, so I do know what you're saying. Yeah, but you know, okay, okay, okay. Enough of that. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Sue Simmons and Chuck Scarborough. Oh yeah, yeah we'll do it. Now. I don't. Want, I don't want to have made too much about it, yeah. but and I, I told I, you might know this, but like uh, one of my favorite. Uh, Chuck Scarborough and Sue Simmons moments was whoever was doing the weather then maybe it was Al Roker yeah uh, <laughs> do you know that it was my yeah, pre Al Roker was it pre Al Roker yeah. yes, I was yeah. a kid I was a kid yeah yeah it was pre Al Roker I just don't remember who it was, it was yeah. someone else Sam Chan kicked it over oh, sorry, you know no it wasn't Sam Chan no it was it was like way like, yeah <laughs> okay okay Storm no Stormfield was ABC Stormfield's ABC yeah kicked it over and said uh, back to you suck and chew <laughs> Oh, that's not where I thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It was like, uh, I was a kid. They said, all right, back to you, suck and chew. And I remember like laughing my ass off at that. And uh, no one else thought it was very funny in my family. Right. Yeah. It's a right. spoonerism is what that's called. Mm-hmm. Sure, it happens, man. I remember when Tom Brokaw was doing a story about tax cuts. And he said, tax cunts, mm-hmm. accidentally. And <laughs> yeah. you're watching the evening news with your parents. And you're like, holy shit. He just said, tax cunts. Yeah. Did he acknowledge it? No. He's, he's professional. He he's, blew right through it. That's how you get national news. He blew right through it. Yeah. yeah. Like me, I would be like, oh, you hear what you I would. said, everybody? You hear what I said, everybody? You would. Yeah. Yeah. You but know no. what? Tax yeah. cunts. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that you and I, we were, you told that story, and then you and I uh, talked about like forming an accounting firm <laughs> called Tax Cunts? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole that we thing. were the tax cunts? You and I, yeah, well, yeah. and everyone... We'll get you money back. To work there, you had to, be, he had to be cunts, yeah. Okay. We're the All tax right. cunts. Okay. All right. That's, That's who you'd good. want to do your taxes. The, cunts. the tax yeah. cunts. The tax cunts right. will get you a rebate. They'll right. get you a big check. So uh, I have a question. Yeah. yeah. So you um, grew up in New York, but Kevin, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut. Mm, oh. Nearby. So not so far. <laughs> Nearby, but I, I didn't, you know, curb guys uh, in a gang, you know, when I right. was in high school. You, you know? had a Tony upbringing. played baseball, delivered newspapers, that kind of I thing. played baseball, too. Yeah. And I, did, I never, for the record, did I, I never curbed anybody. <laughs> Where'd you guys go to college? That's where we met. We went to Colgate University. Oh. So that's where yep. we started together. Where is that? It's in upstate New York. It's by mm-hmm. Syracuse, between Syracuse and Albany. Gotcha. So that's a small liberal arts college, right? Correct. I went to one of those as well. I went right. to Pomona. Right. Mm-hmm. I read that. Yeah. And so uh, we probably had like same similar size schools mm-hmm. and similar size. Twenty seven hundred people. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. Loved it. Yeah, it was great. No, I loved it. I mean, that was you know, I I still I I married my college girlfriend and I now still work with all the guys I went to college with. So and your father oh, went cool. to Colgate. My father. I mean, your kids your are going to go to Colgate. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. They don't have to. I don't think they can get in. <laughs> yeah, they might be smart enough. They're going to, your kids are going to go to Stanford. That's where they're I don't go. think they will. Who knows if they even go to college. How many kids do you have? I have three. And what about you? I have two. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, I like that. That was a little staccato back and forth, a little <laughs> rapid fire. Real, uh, yeah, great. You were saying that you know when you got out of school, you felt a tremendous amount of, uh, like you were wound up. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you were playing in a band, but you were thinking like, like this is what I want to do. And, uh, which to me is very, I think it's ad, ad, an advanced amount of pressure for a 21-year-old to be putting on themselves. You know, usually that's something you find around age 27, like people are like, okay, my 30s right, are When approaching. I was doing drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. What, like, what do you think it was that made you, do you think you were just born with something or was it like... Drive? Yeah, I like, think I was ambitious and mm-hmm. I think that I realized there was something unique about the fact that I was writing professionally so young Yeah, and I just assumed that that trajectory was going to keep going and I think that I probably had pride in the fact that I was in my mind ahead of my peers and 
Now, the truth is, socially, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, behind my peers. Like, I was a late bloomer socially, mm, yeah. and I thought I was so mature, which is, I think, a very immature thing to think. Right. But right. I just thought, like, I'm on my way, and I was writing for the LA Times at this age, and I was writing for People in Rolling Stone at this age, and I'll be writing cover stories for Vanity Fair and The New Yorker, you know, any second now. And yeah. I just had these these huge dreams of where I was headed. So then when I graduated and that wasn't happening and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I, my friends, I don't know if this is how it was for you guys, but some of my friends who majored in econ and things like that were being recruited for consulting jobs. Yeah. And, you know, they had a job a few days after college. Right. And sacks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. all my friends who did that Ended up quitting yeah, and then going exactly. and getting more degrees and now doing public interest type things. Yeah. Um, so they had a, a different path. But I just somehow trusted it was all going to work out and didn't actually think about where I was – like how I was going to make it all work out. I just thought it would just sort of happen, happen yeah. which is so – it's silly. I don't know why I did that or I don't know why I failed to connect the dots. Yes. Yeah. I was young. We all think different things then. I mean, you know. And so yeah. then when I graduated, I just – suddenly I was like, I can't figure this out because the world suddenly feels infinite and how do I figure out where to live? Do mm-hmm. I – do I choose the friends that I want to live with and then go there and find a job? Or do I find a job and then let that dictate where I move? Or do I just say, I want to live here and then find who, to li-? you know, it's like yeah. suddenly I was just frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Frozen Rosen. Mm, yeah. That was me. Frozen Rosen. No one called me that, but I wish that's they had. Great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I was the same way though. I think what I would, I used to do though is instead of then dive into something specifically, I would put my foot into two things mm-hmm. and then straddle something. And then you're not, 100% either you know right. like we were doing comedy uh, at clubs you know when, when we got out of college and at the same time I was going to law school so because uh, oh, wow. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go and so you spend half your time doing things and then you don't throw yourself fully into something yeah, but which can know, be a bad thing or a good thing I, I think that's uh, a great thing your bets. Yeah. yeah but like at age 21 I think it's you know, I, I think it's not as much hedging your bets as it is laying groundwork for. I meant that in a good way, actually. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I really did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like you know, it's like the people that I, I went to uh, school with were there were a lot of people that were that were this way. It's like they they were such overachievers in high school, and when they got out of uh, college, you know, they went right. They were always thinking about their career path. And the one thing that was uh, consistent with all of them is they were sort of socially inept, mm-hmm. and it was start it was weighing on them pretty quickly. Like now they were in New York City, and they were like twenty two, twenty three, and they're like, you know, a lot of them are thinking about like relationships. A lot of them are thinking about like even the people they work with. They're like, I can't, I don't know how to like relax and connect. Like, and the fact that they're like, I don't know how to do this was problematic for them, uh, you know, for something that should become second nature or should be second nature. And I always, you know, thought it was the result of such an academic school. And yet on the other, you know, on the other side of things, it was like, like me, I had dropped out of college and I was, you know, concerned with the social stuff completely and stressing out about the fact that there, there was sort of an aimless thing going on and, you know, not necessarily the focus. Yeah. And so... You know, you seem to have found a, a balance, Kev. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you passed the bar in two states, yeah. and and you're a film and television megastar. <laughs> I don't know about that. Did but. you practice? No, I never practiced. We, I, um, I finished law school, and then we made our first film uh, that summer, mm. and so uh, 
uh, I took the bar exam like about six months later and then passed. And then, I, you know, that was when the decision making happened. And we ended up going forward and making Super Troopers. But you used some of your legal knowledge for one of the funniest scenes in that first uh, in, oh, the in first Public Cruiser. Yeah. yeah. I could do law jokes. You do law that. jokes. <laughs> we do need law that. Jokes, we need law. Sure. Not a great law lawyer, though. Skill. Yeah. Not a great lawyer, though. Uh, we've we've been screwed a few times. <laughs> well, that's because I don't I don't just say I don't go all in on it. You know I'm know just saying. Do you wish you had though? Like, is that a thing that you have? Uh, um, I don't. I mean, I all feelings about it. No, all? no, no. I, I I loved law school. I like the knowledge. Uh, I like you know I've I've lawyer you know plenty of lawyers in my family, and uh, I would be happy to do that. But it just you know, I enjoy the kind of life that we. Ended up. Are you the lawyer movies. for you guys, or do you guys have a lawyer? No, not really. This is what he's kind of insinuating: is that uh, is that maybe he feels like I tried to perform in that function oh. unsuccessfully in our past. But the reality is, we've always had lawyers whose specialty is entertainment yeah, law. But do you have to let them know that you also passed the bar? I, I do that and to, to keep them honest. Honest, yeah. right, you sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, like when you go to a mechanic, it's like, you I can read know. a contract. I know, I know, you know, I, I know the legal terms of art. You know, I can yeah, do but, that kind of stuff. But we have it down to a system, too. Usually, like, I'll advocate for Kevin. Like, Kevin sits there, you know, cool, quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll be like, by the way, Kevin's uh, lawyer in two states, oh, and they'll be good. like, they'll laugh, they'll go like, ha ha ha, and I'll be like, I'm serious, and they'll be like, no, really, and I'll be like, yeah, he passed the bar in two states, and then they then they start to get nervous, yeah, right, yeah, like I'm onto that, yeah, we got brains over here, yeah, mm-hmm. not so much, yeah, but uh, wait, and tell us, you had some great, my my favorite part was when you were a paralegal, yeah, and we were partying so much like at age 21 yeah. and you'd go in there on like two hours of sleep yeah like you had a lot of good uh, like law firm sleeping. well it was a lot of hungover a lot of trying to figure out f- places in an office to sleep <laughs> sure and then you work for like you worked for one of our one friends. of our good friends was the lawyer who i worked for a lot and i would sleep behind his desk you know while he did work didn't you have like a method where it's like you keep your back <laughs> to the door with like a phone yeah that's a good one that's a good one where you put the phone in your but that, and I don't do that anymore because I don't even have, have landlines anymore in offices right sure but you'd put the landline in your hand and then lean your head on it and then you'd you know, have your back <laughs> to the door turn your back to the door and then you sleep like this and then someone walks in and they're like oh I'm sorry I didn't know you are on the phone and then they'll, they would walk back out again you know perfect good. smart it's a pretty good one right yeah um, but wait, I want to I want to talk about this. I want to talk about your podcast. Go do it, you, okay? Because so while you're doing the Corolla show, you started your podcast. Yes, and well, it was it kind of considered like an offshoot of the Corolla podcast, no. or was it you know? When I was living in New York, um, I began experimenting with web series and things like that. So I had a web series called The Daily Allison, and then um, I started messing around with UStream. Do you guys know UStream? Yeah, online yep. streaming. Mm-hmm. And I started doing stuff on Ustream, and the reaction was so much more immediate and stronger from the people who were watching than my web show that I decided I was going to do my sh- do whatever I was doing. I was going to do it on Ustream from now on. I started doing it every week, and I called that Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Right, it was okay. a three-hour talk show from my living room. Okay. And I did – And who was – and you had friends on? You I had, had friends, yeah, okay. and so and I would have a celebrity guest usually. Okay. okay. And there were segments that we did every week. And when I moved back and started doing stuff on the Corolla show, I would – I kept it going a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I would do – I, I lived with my – Moved back into my childhood bedroom when I first moved back, which was crazy and awful and messed with my head. I did that. Um, Did you? Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I moved – I was commuting from Orange County to Glendale where we did the Corolla show. So as soon as I could, as soon as I got the lay of land, I did find a place up in Hollywood. 
as soon as I got to lay of the land, I found a horrible place in Hollywood <laughs> where I was miserable. But you got but out I of your parents' closer, house. But I was closer, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, that's good. <laughs> but so anyway, um, I had done Alison Rosen as your new best friend in a different format. Okay. And then about a year into doing the Corolla show, I had had mentioned like I would like to do a podcast before and it was always like oh the time is not right or yeah. you know we're not adding podcasts and then they were going to do an offshoot of this show called for crying out loud um they wanted to do something like a for crying out loud that's for parents they wanted to do a singles edition okay. and they they had me host a test episode and they liked the way that went so much yeah they're like why don't you know you should host the show but we decided we're, they don't want. They're not going to have it be the singles edition anymore. And who, who are these? The producers of the Corolla show, or is this Corolla himself? Or it wasn't this, Corolla himself, yeah. although I don't know how much he had to do with any of the decisions behind the scenes. I yeah. think that at this point, I think that was actually his wife who was saying this, because okay. she hosted for, uh, the the parent version of oh, that okay. show. Okay. So then it was like you know you should host a show. Um, what do you want to call it? And I don't know if I said, well, Alice Rose's new best friend is the name of the show. I got a title. I got a title. And they're like, we like that. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, so that, I mean, this is a very compressed version, yeah. even though it felt probably really long. <laughs> That's how that started. So yeah, I started doing that. You're, okay. you're so, my new best friend, I just want to say. Thank you. You're oh, my new that, best look friend. That, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. So, it, so you just started doing it while you were working at the yes. pro show. Yeah. And you're doing it like twice a week or you're doing it? Started once a week and then I moved to twice a week. Okay. And were you doing guests at that point, like right off the bat, or were you doing Yes. More I was doing, of... oh, from the beginning, it was guests. Okay. Um, and then at a certain point. Because you mix it up now. You have guests and not get, right? I, the do? show comes out Monday and Thursday. Yeah. And Monday is a one on one with a guest. And oh, okay. then Thursday, there's a, it's a panel show. There's a group of us. Okay. Got They're it. actually very different in feel because mm-hmm. the one-on-one is usually a conversation that that oftentimes goes deep yeah um goes to deep emotional places not always sometimes it's just funny and i, I think those shows are are really good too right um but it's always a one-on-one conversation and like you know i love when people are real and honest yeah. and and that kind of stuff and then thursday is very lighthearted and silly and I mean you get a we do talk about what's going on in our lives yeah um, I'm trying to get pregnant and that's been sort of an ongoing okay. story <laughs> okay 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 but um, it's not yeah it's just it's faster moving and it's different and then I have a segment called Just Me or Everyone where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder is it just me or everyone and I do that on every show so that's on, okay. the, on the Monday and the Thursday show okay got it okay and, it, and when you started doing it it just it blew up pretty quickly I mean right it was a, a it it did, yeah. yeah. Like you had massive amounts of downloads. Pretty I quickly. did. I it was it, I was fortunate enough to have a popular podcast quickly. Yeah, and what, what do you what do you attribute that to? Was it was it were people mean, from Corolla coming over to you? Is that the way it was? I working, definitely or? that definitely yeah. definitely was a huge part of yeah. it. Was that I I you know they heard me on the show and then they went and checked it out and right. then they stayed. But your um, I mean you, your show seems very different than his show, so it's not it's like incredibly different. Yeah, so it's not like <laughs> it's almost the opposite. It's mm-hmm. like someone who's a huge Corolla fan. Well, here's where I'll take you know? credit. Yeah, this is what I'm driving. On. I'm trying to get you to take credit. Thank you. Yeah, I, the, in no way. Do I want to take away from the impact that being on his show and having sure. that platform yeah. gave me? Because of course it was huge. Yeah. At the same time, podcast centric. That yeah. network tried a number of different shows and that didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Who had that same push and they didn't work, right. and yet mine did. You're so good. She's where good. I would take credit the is best. I had 
been doing a show for a few years and I knew I was a good host. And that's when they were like, because then, you know, then this, I, I left out this little chapter of it. Um, they told me I was going to do the, you know, you're going to do the show and I'd already announced it and I'd already booked guests and everything. And then they said to me, we're going to back burner it. Now's not the time. Okay. They okay. only wanted to do shows with big name hosts. Yeah. Um, because they didn't have the resources to do my show. Okay. And I was like, I don't know what, 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 what resource. Yeah. yeah. What resource? There's no resources the required microphone. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then they're like, you should do the show. Just do it on your own. Okay. And I was like, I mean, I had one conversation where I was saying to a couple of them, I was like, you have to understand, like, I, I've done this show before. I know what I'm doing. I promise you this will be successful. Right. And they're like, oh, we have no doubt that you can do the show. We're just saying not on our network. Right. So then I was like, okay, fine. And then I got to a place where I looked at it like this is actually a gift. That I'm doing it on my own. Yeah, sure. Um, because basically, no, less interference and less and uh, more money. Yeah, like okay, now I'm not go. giving Boom. you guys a huge cut. And right. then, so I had talked myself into a place where I was like, I am totally. This is I'm doing it on my own, and that's great. And then they came around and they're like, mm, Actually, we do want to do it on the network. <laughs> right. And at that point, I was like, I felt so. I felt like I'd been kind of sure uh, yanked around so much, but then it was like. You have the I didn't, access yeah. to their distribution then, which is which is a big deal. I mean, yeah, that's why we, you know, we're lucky to have the Hardwick sure. thing because yes. it's like you know, you're you're immediately on a network essentially, right? You know, you also which have is a, probably a benefit. Plus, a certain sure. amount of bargaining leverage with them because you're doing something that now is. I mean, they let you go and you crushed it, and then they tried to take you back. Oh, they did take me back. That was before yeah. it even. That was before it even started. They just. I oh, think they okay. saw. Yeah. I think they saw the guests that I was booking, and um, I don't know. I actually don't really know. I it, apparently it was Adam who was like, "Why aren't we doing this on the network?" Yeah, and I don't know how much he had to do with the decision. It's I don't. I honestly don't know. For all I know, he didn't know that they had said yes, and then they said no, oh, okay. and then all of a sudden he saw this, and he's like, "Why aren't we doing it?" Right. Or maybe he did know, and then had a change of heart. I honestly don't. Is know. it still like, affiliated with that? Are they still no, affiliated? You're, no, you're separated. One hundred percent. You're divorced my from own. them now. We okay. are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and not totally. on the network anymore. Not on the. That's what I mean. Yeah. Not on the network. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you still do it two times a week? Or? I still do it two times a Where week. Where do you record? Yeah. Um, out of my dining room, which nice. I have dubbed dining room studios. <laughs> okay. um, we already didn't use our dining room, so sure. it was just sitting there as a just a reminder that we're slobs who eat on the couch. Yeah. So now it's got a bunch of microphones, and it's great. God, I keep right. trying to get into the dining room. Like, my, my old house, I never went in the dining room. This new house, like, it's all set up every now and then. We eat there, but, like, <laughs> it's so much nicer to just go and sit on the couches. That's the, sure. the couple times that we did, that we were trying to be civilized human beings. I was like, how long till we can just go sit on the couch and watch TV? Yeah, sure. So. Well, what, when it changes is when you have kids that can sit at the dining room table mm. and eat with you. Right. Because then you all can't sit on the couch. You have to... You have to sit them down somewhere and have a meal with them. Well, but what's your, like... That's when you stop eating on the couches. Yeah, but, like, we, I mean... And that's the truth, except, like, you know, now we've got the, we've got the baby in the high chair. Right. And the three-year-old is, like, way into eating on the couch. Okay. And, you know, we're doing... We're, like, keeping it casual, but I'm, like... Every month or so, we're like, God, we got to get these kids back to the dining room table. <laughs> but for what? My kids aren't allowed to eat on the couch now. Oh, see, that's what I'm I one got. of those guys. That's what I've got to do. Yeah, they're not allowed to. I've got to be a hard ass. Like I came home yesterday and I found 
to, uh, a popsicle stick and the popsicle <laughs> wrapper flipped over onto my couch. Okay, well. And I blew a gasket. It, how, how hard did you blow? Did, a I scale did. of one? I did. Oh, okay. Two. A one. <laughs> like, Whose popsicle is this? Right. They'll, you know, point in the other direction. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But that's okay. Well, it's tough, you know, it's tough because then, you know, often the rules get uh, softened for a particular event. Sure. Like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Can I ask super yeah. personal questions? Yeah. Yeah. It's just one question of yeah. each of you. Okay. Yeah. With your, with your children. Um, did your wives have any trouble getting pregnant? Uh, mine did, yes. Mine did at first. And then I guess it was a situation where once the dam broke. Oh, right. But my wife is, uh, is an OBGYN. Oh. So that is her area of expertise. Right. So, so she could avail herself of of well, what though? Well, I don't know. She just knows where who to talk to. You know what <laughs> gotcha. I mean? Like, oh, that's the this is the best specialist, and this is the person. And oh, whatever. so so you guys actually saw a specialist? Uh, we did. A, I think not really, but uh, there was a point where there were a few problems, and then there was one kind of like failed pregnancy, and then uh, and then eventually it all worked out fine. Right. But uh, but I mean, you know. I feel like I know more people than not that have that it's you know have to see specialists or it's hard. Right. To, well, so I'm I mean? I'm doing IVF. Okay. And I talk about it. I'll talk about it in any situation too much. The one situation where I don't want to mention it is when I run into someone who's pregnant. Right. Because I think like I don't want to take away from their thing with my sad barren womb story. <laughs> but so anyway, my my husband and I were walking home recently. Um, because we're trying to, even though you can't walk in LA, we are trying to, sure, to treat should. our neighborhood like some place where you can. That's how yeah. you see Katie Levine walking down the exactly. street. Exactly. So right. we were walking home, and we ran into a couple, um, and the guy was a friend of his that he hadn't seen in forever, and okay. she was visibly pregnant. So Got I it. already had done the like, as we catch up, I'm not going to mention that I did IVF because you know how wonderful for you. Yeah. And as I decide, you know, I was thinking about this, and then I hear my husband say, "Yeah, we're trying to do IVF." <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there goes that. Right. Or no, no, sorry. He said we are doing IVF, and then that shouldn't affect the pregnant woman. I mean, she. I guess I just. She's don't... already crossed the goal line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, <laughs> turned out that she was also pregnant via IVF, and we go to the same uh, clinic. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I am back to my original. Yeah. And Hunch. she can give you advice and, sh- and, and thoughts and whatever, I just right? think almost all children in L.A. were born through this clinic. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Everyone goes there. We it's know amazing. a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people yeah. who, it's, who have trouble. And, and it's, it's more – I think it's more prevalent than, than not. Is it because we're all trying to have kids late or is it – it's weird. I don't it know might what be. it is. I just had no idea that it was so hard. Well, I think yeah. – you know what, though, to that and uh, like I think that – People don't share this kind of information. Yes. It's true. You know, so for instance, like we also had a miscarriage. Yeah. But we had one kid already. Yeah. And and um, I remember that's when you told me about yeah. And when you start talking to you, you find out the tons, you know, so everybody. Your, your close friends, you know, they won't, they, won't, they won't say anything to you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there are, you, you do realize that this club is gigantic mm-hmm. and everybody's got a story. And it's like sometimes you put so much pressure on yourself to do something. I mean, you know, it's like. We had friends who, and this is sort of an old one, like they were trying so hard to get pregnant for that first time, it just wouldn't happen. And finally, like their doctor just said, look, just go away for a weekend, forget about it, drink, smoke weed, have sex, <laughs> dance, you know, like, and they they got pregnant after that weekend because they just stopped thinking about it. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I think life life wants to happen. And so like there are, it's going to happen, you know? It's very we, Jurassic Park. Yeah, it is, right? Um, we had a friend who uh, we had a close friend who uh, uh, couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pre- got a surrogate, 
and uh, ended up the surrogate got pregnant. And then about a week after the surrogate pre- pregnant, the wife got pregnant. You hear crazy no. stories with twins. Like, oh wow! Yeah, and they were so they were all We've got three babies. Yeah, three babies all born <laughs> at the same time. Yet they're not all twins. Yet they're all. But the genetically, they what are. What a weird, right? you know. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is yeah. amazing. But we've, like, you know, and, I, and he and I spoke the other day. Yeah. And we were talking about, like, because Kevin. Zero to three. Well, Kevin <laughs> and I were talking about, like, that's kind of like a, like a, a sitcom for, for TV. It's like. <laughs> it really is. The two kids who were born from the mother and then this other kid who was born from somebody else. Like, the dynamic there could potentially be a little fucked up. Yeah. But I think that, like, the. I can't remember. There's some saving grace. About that, but yeah, it's like he went from zero to three. Yeah, and that might happen be, to you. I hope. I All should probably go five get a kids. And, you know, <laughs> that is the the you know at the beginning it's like oh that would be the fear, and at this point I'm just like yeah I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, whatever. Right. Well, but we, how well, how long have you been trying? If I may ask, um, we started trying in um, January of last year and okay. then we started going to a fertility clinic in July so we've been doing the fertility clinic okay. thing for like a year okay yeah. the next time we see you you're going to be pregnant that's I hope it so that's the way it works I hope you know? it is, you're, we'll you're actually probably pregnant right now yeah you probably I, don't even know actually I'm sure luck. I'm not but maybe I am yeah you never know I mean not uh, yet but the, the day is young no but like you know I, I will say this about it too and you know like uh, we have we have a number of friends who have used surrogate and uh, the thing that I, I always found – well, I mean I'm a guy, but uh, my wife sort of corroborated this a little bit, which is like you know, aside from carrying the baby, which is obviously a big deal. Mm-hmm. But like for me anyway and, and for my wife, like that is a significant part of it too. But like the, the bonding process like happens afterwards as well and I, like I think tremendously. So like – if. If we had a better shot using a surrogate, I've already decided I would be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the problem is more getting the the eggs and the embryo and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm actually, I'm. I guess there are some women who come to the clinic where they're like instantly okay with donor eggs because they just want to be pregnant, right. and that's not me. Yeah, I'm the narcissist, egotistical person. Right. Like most people, who's like, no, I want our genetic baby, yeah. but I don't need to carry it. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. DNA. But by the way, I have to say though, because so many people are like, what about adoption? What about adoption? Yes, definitely considering adoption. Just you're not, not there yet. yet. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm just you're, not there you're, yet. Yeah, you're plenty. Yeah. Of, and yeah. I don't think it's narcissistic to say you want your kid to be part of your own genes. I mean, that's that is the natural right. way of things. You, yeah. You just begin. You begin to feel like an asshole when so many people are like, "What about adoption? What about adoption? There's so many babies that need homes. What about adoption?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, we'll worry. We'll think about that down the road. Yeah, but I, you know, I, you don't have to worry about that now. I mean, that's that's what happened. It took a while for us to get pregnant, and then boom, three kids. Once the dam breaks, forget about <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, There's you no turning back. I mean, you were. You were having a baby in a car. Is how much like, I know it. Did that really happen? I know it. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, our second was uh, well, just because my wife got very cocky. Like she's because she's no OBGYN. Right. She oh, that's was like, so funny. She's like, I'm not gonna go early. I don't want to sit in the hospital and see the you know people I work with. Whatever it is, you know, I'm not going over there. And so she pushed it. She pushed it. She pushed it. And then it was like six o'clock in the morning. And she's sitting in our living room, and her water broke like all over the chair. <laughs> And and, uh, and uh, so it was like, let's go. And so we drove. We had to zip over there to the hospital, and we went to Cedars. And as I 
parked the car, the baby came out. Like, we got her out of the thing. They got her up into the elevator. It was coming out as she's going up. And then by the time I raced up there, the baby was out. Wow. So it was like a... It was, cl- it was close. It was yeah. close. And the third kid, I mean, you didn't even know he was born. The third kid, was I, was reading, I was reading a paper in the, uh, <laughs> in the corner. I was reading the New York Times over in the corner. It, it is amazing. While she was barking orders on it, I'm like, yeah, is everything okay? Who, well, he was the one. When he was born, weren't you then back in the editing suite later yeah, that day? Yeah, we were making Slam and Salmon. I, that, like, within an hour, I was back in the editing room. You don't care. Yeah, you don't care. care. Yeah, it didn't matter. By the third time, <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, I want to ask you before we leave, what, like, where do you think, because you're like right in the middle of this, you're, you're, you're like one of the top podcasters oh, out there. Goodness, right? thank you. Where's this, where's it going? Where's the podcast thing going? Is it, is it on the rise? Is it on the fall? You know, I, I all of podcasts you're asking? Well, well I think so. I mean, it's, it seems to hit like, no, all of them. It seems to hit like a weird, like, I feel like, and I've talked about this, the, the Marin, you know, sitting with a sitting Obama, president sure. is a seminal moment in, in yeah. the medium. You know what I mean? And and I don't know where you feel. You've been doing it for a little while now. You've been in the middle of it. You've been part of Corolla thing. Mm-hmm. You're a year thing. I think Serial was a huge, a seminal huge. moment. Yeah. And then I do think the uh, Obama being on Marin is a seminal moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just more and more people know what podcasts are because that's a huge thing. Yeah. For the longest time, people didn't know what they were. I think once podcasts are in cars more easily that'll be a huge thing mm-hmm. um in terms of what like a having some sort of uh where you can just way to put sort of like, radio or something yeah i mean or, right now you can hook it up through bluetooth but there's still like you have to press a bunch of stuff right sure. why don't I they think, have that the podcast network on satellite tv why don't they have that but you'd still have to choose one i guess so you'd have right to hit that button i just okay. mean where it's as easy as listening to the radio yeah yeah um and no i agree yeah but yeah, I think I think it's just. I mean, do you think it's? I think we're at the point right now. Where certainly, there's an explosion. There are a lot of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a microphone, you can do a podcast, right? You know what I mean, and and uh, the question is, will that whittle back down uh, by attrition, or will it? Is this thing going to? Is this the way it is? You know, I feel like it's the way it is. I think yeah. it's the way. I think it's the way it is. I yeah. think if it could whittle down. Um, I mean, I guess the the way it would whittle down would be. If some kind of corporate forces come in that make it so you're only you feel as if you only have access to like the the biggest top most professional ones, but then I still think if someone starts a podcast yeah. in their little town, their friends are gonna they're still gonna have an ac- have access to an audience. Yeah. So it's like the internet. I think this is the way it is. Yeah, because you know that's for us. It was like when we started it, there was like you know. Okay, everyone wants to be Mark Marin. I don't know, but what we did is because we like to shoot the shit, and so there are times we're on the road, we just shoot the shit with each other, and there are times you know where we don't have guests and whatever, and and we'll keep doing that because we have fun doing that. We're not trying to achieve a certain level of something, you right? Know yeah. But I, I think you know it's like it goes to everything now, you know, including like you know when we were starting out in filmmaking, it's like you, uh, you know, there was like we shot videos. And we would put them on at our live shows on a on a TV set that we had rolled into the the gay cabaret club that we were performing. Right, right. <laughs> really, we were. It was a it was a gay cabaret club. They yeah. were the only place that would take us. And we had this like five like a fifty pound giant TV set that we'd have to haul up the stairs and we put our VHS tape in, and play the videos. That's how we got the word out. Whereas now, anybody can shoot on their cell phone. Yeah. And edit, you know, on their computer. And but, but the reality is, though, there. when we made those movies, uh, we always looked to box office, and you're always looking to try to get the biggest audience that you possibly can. There was a driving, driving, driving thing to do that. 
I don't know if we have that here. I feel like it's not the same thing. It's it's that long tail thing. It's like you got to find yeah. the you can find a niche well, audience. Although the version of that though is you know it's like there are whether it's like Amazon or most TV shows or people who are advertising. We've certainly experienced it where what they really are looking for is to put somebody into their product yeah who has a big internet following maybe a youtube person or a twitter person and that way they can get all that free advertising i mean that's yeah we do you s- advertise do you have advertisers I do, yeah. and in, in uh yeah i mean i think that's a significant the monetizing of it is, a, is a, yeah yeah but you it know that's it alive the thing that's nice about the podcast and it's, you know people do that on youtube anyway too is that it's like it's what you're talking about like you can set up a mic and whether you reach your 50 friends in your high school or like the people in your town whatever it is like you know and some people don't even maybe don't even want an audience they just want to like get their shit out pay the bills i guess all right Mm. you gotta pay the bills but i think the nice thing is that because i do i i live off my podcast like that's my main i mean i have other sources of income but that's my main source of income yeah and the advertisers don't dictate content at all and i I don't know how. Well, I've never, you know, made a TV show or, or um, movies or anything like that. I don't know, but but I just my sense is that advertisers hold uh, have more power over other art forms than they do over podcasts. It, it, right now, uh, maybe uh, I think it was never for us that way. It, it, there are people who do have power, and those people are the people who provide the money. Yeah. So it's like maybe advertising is that in podcasting, but or not? I don't know. But in movies somebody else is writing the check and they're the ones who have right. that content control. Sure. Know? But do you think in podcast there's any podcast out there where the advertisers are like, um, listen, you should stop well, talking about I think the in, bacon in, popcorn. In many things, I mean, there's <laughs> certainly things, advertisers you know, hold sway over a certain situation. Like if you lose your advertisers mm-hmm. because yeah. of, you offended them or in some way, then that's a problem. Or there are advertisers who only want to be... I have not had this experience, but I've heard of it. Advertisers who only want to be on podcasts that are clean. Yeah, so, sure, sure. You know, the language could be a problem, that kind of thing. That's the the m- most extreme example I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise you get, you know, it's like we know the guys who do like it's the Crab Feast or Ari Shafir where it's like, you know, like Adam and Eve uh is their advertiser and right. They make they money off that. They just read right. some Adam and Eve copy, which is <laughs> pretty right. hilarious. And, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think that's the key to it is figuring out how to monetize this and uh, and allow people to keep doing it, you know. Yeah. Which I think is the big thing. But we've seen people who, you know, it's like our friend Dennis Farrell who had he had a small fantasy football podcast and then it started to grow and then he, you know, got a radio show on yep. Detroit and, and ESPN, ESPN and, yeah. and then he became the head of the Armed Forces Radio Network. I mean, it's like that's <laughs> and that's in a period of like two or three years. Yeah. You, you know, just because he was, yeah, he you was, can get to eighteen million downloads. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, if you work hard, yeah, play by the rules. All right, let's let's uh, let's chew something on the way out. All right. Oh, we chew on the way out yeah. too. How are we do- wow, we went long. How long did we go? 40. Oh my God, Rosen. Jeez. Are you a last namer? Hey, Rosen. So or are I'm you a first fine namer? Um, okay. I'm both. Okay. They're both me. We went pretty long. We did. How long is your podcast? How long do you go? Um, I go about this long, but I always feel like I should make it shorter. Yeah. I yeah. always I feel like when it's pushing two hours, that's my yeah. beast. I think there are people who look at that and they go, "Oh, I don't have that time." Yeah, do but you, I'm just long winded. Do you yeah. have that thing? Like we, ha- our thing is we tend to like on the list of topics. The first topic we'll spend like 45 minutes on. Yeah, and then we start firing through the rest of them. <laughs> right, I do that too. Yeah, and then and then we go long, and then sure. one of us usually me like asks like another question after when we've we're done. chewed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, I can have another question. You should say where people can find your podcast. Oh, go to AllisonRosen.com, A-L-I-S-O-N-R-O-S-E-N, um, or iTunes, yeah. or all the usual places that podcasts are. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Yeah. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Yes. And we'll put the links to all that kind of stuff Perfect. up there. Perfect. Thank you. And we'll, and we'll talk about that. Oh, and I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm going to be doing my podcast live at Bumbershoot in oh, wow. Seattle oh, wow. um, over Labor Day weekend. I'm doing okay. it all three days. It'll so. be up before that. Maybe this week or next week. I don't okay, know, perfect. Depending on what our schedule is. So go to go see Bumbershoot. Bumber it's a yeah, it's a it's a comedy and music festival. Okay. Well, it's more a music festival, but they also have comedy. And you have guests that you have come on. And I uh, will. I don't know yet who it's going to be, but I will. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. That's Mike. I know he's going to be on my podcast tomorrow. Oh, he is. Shut mm-hmm. up. That's We're just right. like an incestuous family here. Aren't That's we? right. Know, yeah, we are. Really. Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, Bumbershoot. Yes. In Seattle in, in, in uh, September. Labor Day, yes. That's okay. correct. That's live. fun. Live podcasts are fun. It's different. It's a different It's animal. very different. Mm-hmm. It's less intimate. It, don't really, you think? Well, there's so many people, so yeah. I know. But do for you, them, it's... No, it's still less intimate. Yeah, we did it at... Um, where did we do it? San, San Francisco, Francisco Sketch Fest? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was different. Yeah, it was well, because we were like, you know, here you're just talking and not expecting to hear any laughter or anything. Right. When you're doing yeah. it live, you're like... Mugging for the audience <laughs> and trying to get those uh, I know. those punchlines. Because I'm there. not going to do that for you in this room. No way. You know what I'm saying? No way. Okay. Do you do stand up comedy? No, I have before, but it is. Um, I I don't. I just never loved it in the way that there's other things performing wise that I love. And the last time I did it, I remember looking at my watch, thinking, "Oh, good by you know whatever time this will be over." And then I thought, I sh- "That's that's not the right attitude yeah, to have. Sure. I should do this." So every now and then, I think. Should I try to do it again? Um, and maybe I will one day. Actually, you know, when I do my podcast live, I have done it live um, a handful of times. At the beginning, it's like sort of stand up e, but yeah. not not really. I yeah. mean, it's sort of stand up e in the way that a true stand up would be offended that I just said that. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. But me. you're going for the laugh from an audience. Yes, that's, you know. yeah, that's what I mean. It's stuff that's att- I'm attempting to get a laugh a little more than I would normally on the podcast. Right, 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 right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There right. you have it. Yeah. What are you we chewing on the way out? I'm gonna chew something. All right. What are you cooking well, today? Well, I was gonna chew some Trader JoJo's. Oh god. But oh, I actually no, I made some chicken earlier. I'm gonna oh, eat good. some chicken. Yeah. You you're gonna eat chicken? I'm in the mood. Oh. My my kids were uh taking care of the neighbors' chicks uh for a week. Oh. And okay. now they won't eat chicken. Oh. It's annoying me. Oh, I bet that bothers you. Well, it would be worse if we take care of cows. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I don't really eat the steaks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Taking care of hot dogs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a steak. <laughs> I'm going to have a steak on the way out. Yeah. All right. Chew it up. Well, now I want to chew a steak. Let's see what you got. She, she, you don't like the chew sound, do you, Rosen? I'm not committing to it. Sorry. I know you're not. There you go. There you go. Is that how you, is that how you actually eat in a restaurant? <laughs> yes. I got... <laughs> Delicious. Bring me more. Sorry. Okay. I think if I was actually eating how I would in a restaurant, you would barely hear it. Yeah, you would. This is this is cartoon chew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're making noises. Too. You can. You can. You can swallow. No wrong. Oh, there is no wrong. Ah. There is no wrong. Uh, thank you, Allison Rosen. Thanks, Allison. Thank you for our new, having our me. Our new best friend. Allison Rosen is my new best friend. All right. Let's do it. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.